0: Captain.
1: Cheers, Captain. Uh, when, when you come to the states, Captain? August, hopefully, maybe um, tomorrow they're going to tell us if they're going to lock down uh, Thailand. Oh wow! Over. Yeah, Incre-
0: we're having a we're having a big spike here. Same. It's going around. They say there's another gene of it or some shit. Another pheno. So Delta. that's
2: Australia in lockdown. New Zealand in lockdown. Thailand will be in lockdown. Mm. <coughs> if I had to pick, Canada maybe coming up, and then America.
0: Yeah. It's on an increase also, I man. That shit sucks, dude.
2: But.
3: Well... Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I get to go up to, to Michigan next weekend uh, to the cabin. I'll say hi to everybody for you. So yeah, I was. Yeah, I want to go.
1: I was ki- I was kind of hoping Skillbo or one of those guys would jump on this morning, but uh, I don't have any access to chat. My computer has gone down, and uh, the only thing I have right now is uh, the phone. So. I can't see anybody in chat and say hi to anybody in chat, but you know, I'd, I'm I'm anxious to get back myself. Yeah, okay. we've got a you know a a big deal ahead of us there with the caregivers in Michigan. Huge. And we, we need to keep our caregivers. If we give up our caregivers, then the medical goes, and then we're all screwed.
0: So are we live? Oh, yeah, we're live. Good morning, everybody. Live.
3: <laughs> and and that's a big thing about um, I've been listening to about the whole people pushing away from the, the medical aspect because they want to push wreck because then they can get away with the home growing altogether because a lot of the home growing is due to the medicinal aspect anyway for the, me, the medical patients. So the more they get away with this medical and just wreck, then a lot of the whole home growing is going to go away with it as well. And that's what's coming up in a lot of this legislation. Um, So that awareness is awesome. Thank you for bringing that to attention.
1: Well, that's the reason why I really want to get back is, uh, you know, we need uh, pot smokers, we're not used to getting together really, unless it's the smoking joint. And, uh, you know, There's a lot of us out there and a lot of the active people that are still back and out of the game. You don't see them. Uh, I lived in the same town with Eagle there, and we never really met. We went to the same uh, Compassion Club there in Flint, but uh, we never really met, and we lived basically five minutes away from each other. And that's because I do large scale clones. And when you do clones and you have numbers, you don't talk to anybody. You don't let nobody in your house. So I heard it can be talking. pretty secluded life and uh, when 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 you're in it that deep. Oh, yeah, it can be, but you know what's really fun is the time that you're not eating ramen noodles and you've got a pocket full of cash, but you can't spend it in your town or your city or even your state. And then you just, uh, you know, you do what I did there in 2005, 2006, and basically went to Amsterdam every couple months just for vacation. And you go there, you can go to like New York and see a bunch of friends for a New Year's concert and blow ten thousand dollars in a night and not worry about it. Those were the good days when we were still getting four and five thousand dollars a pound.
4: Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Back when, you, back when you used to
5: have the good days, moving shit around, having to do all the fun stuff, you know, traveling to get your genetics. It wasn't fun, but fuck, it was fun. <laughs>
1: oh, I, I it was fun love it right. I, I need to go get some new genetics. So it's just another reason for me to go to Amsterdam. Boom.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It was just a reason to do something cool for no reason.
1: Yeah, what's a 12, 13 hour flight? (laughs) I mean, I spent 26 hours in a plane to get here to Thailand.
6: I'm sure I could do that because it would be well worth it for the trip. But just thinking of myself, how like after about maybe two hours in the car, I start to get impatient and about four to six hours somewhere in there is like my get me the fuck out of here limit and just (laughs) yeah. I'd be bouncing off the walls but uh that'd be really cool to go check out thailand i'd really that'd be really enjoyable
1: yeah you just cut back your sleep pattern and uh take a bunch of medibles and sleep on the plane over you've got a short flight there you can fly out of what vancouver straight to yeah i would coast. imagine vancouver to probably japan tokyo tokyo to bangkok
6: That'd be cool. I'll have to try that sometime. I, uh... right.
1: Only sixteen hours. <laughs> what are totally.
6: you hanging out in Thailand doing right now?
1: Well, I'm sitting uh, in northern Thailand with a twenty-acre CBD permit that's just going to sit here, and uh, you know, it's just like any place—they rush into putting cannabis and trying to get it out there and make the people think that they're getting something and basically with the way that uh, Thailand is set up right now, it's all basically a military-controlled country still. Uh, We're still in a coup that's been going on since 2014. So we've been under military control here in Thailand. Uh, A couple years ago, there was supposed to be, when I first moved here three years ago, uh, there was supposed to be an election. And that didn't go over too well. And the prime minister at the time, they had the election and he says, well, you guys don't quit fighting. You know, I'm just going to stay in power. And that's what happened. But we did get medical. Just no flour Concentrate. And the reason for that is is because with the concentrate, you grow it for the government, everything goes to the government and then it gets passed out to the people. I'm cool with that, but the fact that there's no flower and for me concentrates take a while. And for me to sit down and smoke a joint, I can get that nerve pain relief that That stiffness in my hands, that's gone within a couple minutes. It's not really gone. It's that I've gotten high enough that I'm able to separate the pain and go about normal day life. Where if I took a a concentrate or something, it, it could take 45 minutes, an hour and a half, two hours to affect me. And that's my body personally by eating cannabis. It takes a long time. Yes, it does lurk for a lot longer time. But, uh, you know, I'm looking for that instant gratification, really. But all come down to it, I'm a true stoner all in all. I like getting high better than getting drunk.
6: I'm with you there, man. Absolutely. 100% of the way. Uh I uh, like actually a good case in point is uh, I think was Thursday morning, my foreman uh, comes to pick me up for work. So I, I get picked up usually for work. It's a, always a plus. And uh, he's like, he can tell like I get about six feet away from the truck and you can smell the booze already. And it's just like, wow. And, you know, we go to pull, pull, pick the next guy up and he doesn't even get out of the fucking house because he's so fucking ill from the next day on to the next guy. Then it's, you know, it's so one out of four guys is couldn't even show up the other two out of the fuck there. Are two of them are fucking hungover as hell. And the, the work production goes down right there. But just more than anything, just looking at these guys is just like, fuck that. Like just looking at you, who makes me remember what those hangover days are like. And I'm just like, no, thank <laughs> you. you get laid out for two days straight after tying one on. Like, you know, like if I go bat shit on edibles and dabs and stuff like that, I'll be a little groggy the next day, but like perfectly fine. I'm not hurting in any way, shape or form. It just takes an extra two cups of coffee to kick the gears in, you know?
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, for those of you out there in uh chat that don't know my story, uh, In 94, I ended up falling uh, 34 feet off the back of a scaffolding at work. I'm a mason by trade. And in September 16, 94, I retired really quick by taking a step the wrong way. I don't even know how I fell. And that was the day that my life changed. And eight months after that, I was back into cannabis because they were feeding me all a bunch of these bullshit pain pills that were really, weren't doing anything.
6: That seems to be so, a pretty common thing too, is uh, pain pills for your injuries and stuff like that. And then you get strung out, turned into a junkie and whatnot. And yeah, profits away right there saying, Hey, look at me right here. Um, and then you know, like I think of um, like, I'm new to medical cannabis. I did the whole um, wasted youth stoner thing where with no ambition back in the high school days and then I took a big long break and came back and now there's a whole bunch of medical stuff and I, I, I can understand the whole medical benefits to um, cannabis and how it does alleviate aches and pains. I could say uh, for myself specifically, I stopped using cocaine. Mm-hmm after um starting to smoke weed again after that 14 year break because there was no longer i got that addictive personality where there's always got to be some sort of vice for me to have and once i've already started doing this again and uh, i can think of quite a few other people that uh have gotten off of opiates and other stuff like that through using cannabis and a similar means a lot of it is you're kind of replacing one addiction with another in a way uh but a lot of there is more medicinal aspects to it too like uh helping with your nausea or whatever, right? The list goes on.
1: Yeah, I had I my... Uh, I
0: mean, yeah, it's addicting in the same way that sex and video games are addicting. Like, I like doing it, and therefore it releases
6: dopamine, and
7: we get addicted to it, but it's not that physical addiction that you're getting with the opiates.
1: And that's the big thing with cannabis. Uh, if you're going to try to help somebody get off of opiates indicas are great and adding a little bit of cbd to that is even better you know that that's one thing i'd really like to touch on here is the fact that thc is needed and with cbds without thc the body's receptors uh are small With THC it's like going from a 110 to 220 electrical line. You're able to let that current pass through. And as the CBDs travel through the body, the THC, even if it's just, you know, we're not talking much. Uh, The studies haven't been put out there, but from my personal testimony and other people that I've talked to and helped, uh, it only needs to be about 3 to 4% THC. Uh, this gives a little bit of a psychoactive uh, feeling, and this allows the more receptors to open up in the human body for the CBDs to travel flu- through more fluidly uh, with less restrictions. And in doing this, the CBDs actually run through the body for a lot longer period of time. So, Is this the
2: entourage effect that you're talking about?
1: it, It is. And that's the reason why they'll never be able to reproduce the cannabis plant in a laboratory. Because we, we don't know what's all in it. And they're still coming up with this new CBs and CBDs and THCV and stuff like that. Delta 8 and 10. So, you know, once we start to really understand the plant, uh, you know, they're going to come out and... How how can I put this? Everybody's going to try to make money off of it. Okay, Uh, I was put in a a great position, and Cleveland. We had what was called the North Coast Normal Chapter, which was on the east or the west side of Cleveland. We had a retail operation in 1996, so our chapter had a storefront. And I was there with a few other volunteers in the beginning our president, John Hartman. And we ended up uh, starting that chapter with just, uh, when I started volunteering in 96, when the store opened up, the retail operation, we had just over 400 people. And by the time I left in 2000, we had over 4,300 people in our chapter. We were the most active normal chapter in the United States. We put out a newsletter at the end that was 46 pages, four times a year. And we put on three festivals, music festivals, besides our own little get-togethers and gatherings around Ohio and neighboring states. Uh, I started doing festivals in 96 and 97 for the chapter. So I was going to Pennsylvania. I was going to New York. Uh, I'm hoping to get back in time for September 17th, which is the Boston rally. This year will be my 25th year. But it gave me a, a great opportunity to see a bunch of people and it, gave me a great opportunity to do a lot of reading because in the beginning, the store didn't have really any customers. If I did 10, $15 a day, Hey, that was fucking great. And then all of a sudden we started carrying all the drug testing products and people started coming to the chapter because we were the only place where you could come and openly talk about cannabis because we didn't sell pipes or paraphernalia. Uh, yeah we pushed limit with lights and fox farm and rock wool and everything else you needed and all the books to grow and matter of fact i'd like to give a shout out because it's been over the period of time to the city of lakewood as fast as fast can be you'll never catch me
8: (laughs) very nice
1: very nice. Because, yes, I for everybody out there, I was growing above the normal chapter, just to clarify that.
3: I definitely appreciate all the the, the roads you've paved in this uh, community, you know what I mean? Because it's people like you that I, I was, like, reading about, you know I mean, high times and stuff like that when I was growing up. And I was like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to be able to, to get out there and be able to join something like that one day, you know. And, uh, you know, here I am in it being able to be involved in the community finally and, and loving every minute of it. And it's only because of people like you that have gotten out there and and you were doing the work. You know what I mean? You were out there with the guys. You were up for deep in it. So I just wanted yeah. to thank
8: you we for would, that for sure.
5: And it's a bit and it's 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 a big uh you know bonus that you weren't just doing it out there. You know, you didn't just run a grow room. You were in the chapter of normal. You were doing things to actually help. You weren't just fucking around, you know, running around smoking joints in public saying you were protesting some shit. So, you know, cheers to you, brother.
1: No, I was in a storefront for six, seven hours a day answering phones and answering people's questions about cannabis. And we got calls and orders from all over the United States for our product just because people could pick up the phone and talk to us. And I made it a point to you know, be really up on the drug testing products in the late 90s. And uh, I even made a couple of them fail. Uh, we, did, we ran our own tests. Uh, we had a local news uh, channel that came in and asked if, uh, you know, do these drug testing products work? These additives that you can add to your urine sample. And it was like... Uh, well, we'll pay for the drug testing products. Do you have somebody that can give a, a, you know, a positive drug test? And I said, well, yeah, you know, that's one of the prerequisites of working here at Normal. You know, if you pass a drug test, you're fired. If you fail, you keep your job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a prerequisite. You need to smoke cannabis to
2: be hey, hiring. That's the
0: easiest part of it. <laughs> Is finding somebody to test positive was the easiest part of the study. Shit. I have a, I have a smoke shop here in South Florida. And what's funny is that, um, HBI, one of the main distributors of all the uh, smoking products, which is owned by uh, Josh from uh, raw on the back of the, on the back of the, the catalog, it gives you a, a little description on, on how, how to hire employees. And it says to hire smokers, you know, period. Like you can't hire somebody that can't. Sit there, re- relating with the customer, saying, "Oh yeah, I was sitting in my buddy's car and I got freaking, you know, I felt high from the from the from the smoke in the car. You know, I was like, listen, narc. We all know that nobody gets high from sitting in a fucking car. You know. My parole
3: officer said he got a contact high from coming into my apartment 30 minutes after I took one bong rip.
0: Yeah, yeah. You should tell him to test. I mean, I know what he's good. Test, at test good. your ass. If you got a contact high because
4: you know what being high feels like.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's
4: what I was gonna no, say. The contact has a psychosomatic time, response. You it smell it inside. and it triggers being
0: high. It took him back to his college days. He was like, Oh, I feel high.
4: Oh, hey, hype.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. I, I waited as long as I could. She's coming down. Yeah. But I waited another day Ooh. or
7: two. she smell oh. like?
2: She smells like wine, dude. Oh, oh god i want to eat this thing
0: <laughs> what's that that canicle?
2: yeah man yeah i mean i think i might have got an ounce i might have you know way better than my last auto grow of an eighth and maybe a quarter if i weighed it wet <laughs> so you know i'm pretty excited hey,
0: since you're, since you're in, a, in a in a state in a country where we get a, our kratom from you familiar with it Yes, and actually, the uh,
1: one that I really enjoy is from southern Thailand, and it's the last kratom forest here in Thailand. The government has gone through and eradicated a lot of that in the cannabis here in Thailand, thanks to the United States.
0: No problem, man. You're welcome. That's what we're here
2: for. (laughs) Hey, I ain't taking credit for any of that. I didn't vote that in.
1: we have a uh, red stem kratom plant here, a tree, and uh, not only does it give you that narcotic feeling, it also gives you that little bit of energy rush, like uh, doing a line of coke.
0: <laughs> the red one, really. So the yes. red one here is the is the
1: most sedative. The one that we have here in Thailand, the red stem that comes from southern Thailand has a, a bit of a, an, an amphetamine effect, really. So more well, like a little bit of a speed rush.
0: Yeah, well, we, it, sell, we sell three different colors according to their, you know, what they do and how much pain relief and if it's energy or sedative. And the red is sedative for us. The green is a, a neutral and the white is the more speedy one is how the, the, the company breaks it down on a chart for the customers and for us. So that's cool to know well, that there's a different thing out there that would be speedy red.
1: Yeah, yeah and the, this is oh, just the stem of the, the leaf itself is red, not the leaf. Right, right, right,
0: right. Which is how they're, how they're named, I believe, is from the color of those stems and the area that they're grown. I'm not familiar with the details of it, unfortunately. Kratom
1: has grown all over Asia here. And that was another thing that uh, Thailand did when they went with medical cannabis is they gave the kratom back to the people. You know, it, it's really... I, I go to the hospital here and it costs me 6,000 baht. And I will admit I'm still on painkillers but uh you also have to remember a year ago valentine's day i was hit by a drunk driver on my honda big bike here at about oh. 35 kilometers an hour so i ended up uh, tearing up everything in my left knee and had to have that totally reconstructed here in thailand so which that ended up then- costing me like twelve thousand us dollars
3: Right. Yeah. And so, so at that point, is it more, that's more of like an opiate maintenance, right? Like to, to, to be able to get that pain and then to be able to keep the dosage because long-term opiate use and stuff like that, uh, you know, it comes with that. And now did you find that you can use the Kratom instead of the pain pills altogether, or do you have to use the Kratom in conjunction with the pain pills?
1: Uh, to tell you the truth, I kind of stay away from the Kratom. Uh, For me, up here in the north, finding a reliable source for fresh leaves is a little bit tough. Uh, Besides that, it tastes like shit. (laughs) I'm the same way. I've never been
5: much on that Kratom at all.
1: And with my accident... uh, I have severe uh, nerve damage and spinal injuries, and I need something that like in Western medicine, there's six medicines that actually work for nerve pain. And uh, if, if I don't have those, then just let me have my cannabis. And by the way, what's everybody smoking on? Uh, you said that was a uh, profit. You got that plant there. It's lime. Uh, yeah, that's it's canico.
2: The, that's yeah, canico. one of the
1: uh, yeah, I'm sorry. that I'll be drinking, bringing back from Thailand here. We have lemons, limes, mangoes, all your berry fruits. I basically think that a majority of the cannabis uh, terpene family is from Asia so everything is here in this these tie strains it's just a pheno hunt and they're 120 to 150 days and you've got an auto flower there that's probably what start to finish in 60 70 days
2: yep the guy that made it is right under you that's hypothetical gardener he's in the panel right now you can ask him everything you want about it
4: hello sir.
5: But yes, to that point, yes, it's about a yeah, 70, the, uh, 75, something like
4: that. One that he's cutting down now is – yeah, it's 70, 80 days. Um, I generally run mine for 84,
0: and so that's what I tell everybody. It's just if you plan for 12 weeks, you'll be happy. You might cut it down a week
7: or two early, but uh, I just generally say 84 days. Um, and especially the canon go I mean, it has potential to finish at 70. Yeah, I just don't
3: personally chop it that early. I like that later feeling.
2: I dropped mine for the last two days in darkness and like 50 degree friggin' air conditioning. So, I'm not waiting any longer. I need weed. I, I, yeah, I can a, take it, but fuck it.
5: It, it oh, is awful nice getting you some of these so you know, flavors and strains like you were saying, you know, that's in half the time that it would take, you know, to grow some of these, you know, land race or or, you know, pure Asian strains out there like that?
1: Sure. And, you know, that's one of the things that a lot of people here in Thailand look at because uh, it's minimal effort for them. And for the Thai people, that's perfect. You know, too much effort is too much work. Uh, And we don't like doing that. Uh, But, you know, living here in northern Thailand, uh, I actually don't get any rain basically from October 1st until April 1st. It rained a total of four times in between that and April 1st was the fourth time it rained. So I have all that time period basically starting in the beginning of September that I can put plants outside and flower. So, if I use a good Afghani that's a 58, 60 day plant, I can basically get in three harvests here in northern Thailand because of the time that it is. You know, I was out today and uh, we're right at almost uh, some of the longest time period of the year for us. And you go outside and it's supposed to be dark you know sunset was two hours ago but you still have a twilight so you know during that rainy season we have here you have to if you want anything to flower outside you have to light that bit even though we're only at 13 13 and a half hours of light a day and Every grower thing. in Canada just
6: got like cried a little bit when you said you can get like three harvests yeah.
4: in
8: a
6: season done because we're like we can't even get one guaranteed at least in this area right because it just gets too cold you can frost up anytime starting in September but typically closer to October. Like... <laughs> so that's why you hear guys like Rick and I we go on about auto flowers and how we want to see what they can do out here.
0: He'd be asking, he'd be asking, what, uh, what's your latitude over there? Want to know. how you uh, get... I,
1: I believe I'm about 17 or 18 here in Northern Thailand. Yeah. And, and I did pick the North because during that time it does get colder and I like to see what colors come out of my cannabis
0: plants. What's considered, what's considered cold up there or out there?
1: uh during december which is our coldest month december and january uh night times it drops into the mid to low 40s and uh, but during the day we're in the 80s and
0: 90s yeah i'm in south florida so we're similar same thing we're december, really similar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm on 25 latitude you know so definitely and the same thing. Our season's over now. Our season don't start till September. You put shit in the ground because the rain now is just so much of it. And humidity. Anything's gonna mold up on you. The good thing now is with this hemp. The hemp that's allowed here to grow is that um these guys are doing uh flowers in the dry season and they're just doing for textiles uh, and uh, such during the rainy season because they don't care if it molds up or not. It's just gonna get processed into textiles. Nobody's gonna consume it. You know. Hey, Rick. Welcome back. We were just talking about latitude. He's on 118. Who, who is <laughs> Captain? Our, our guest here.
5: Be kidding! Oh, I hey. fa- I figured the motherfucker heard people talking about <laughs> latitudes and where are you at, and all of a sudden he sh- came out of the fucking shadows. It was like yeah. a, in a bottle. Right? <laughs> uh, uh,
7: good morning, Captain Twenty. Hey, a pleasure to meet you. I got a. Oh, uh, I think it's a funny story, but uh, okay, good. We straighten <laughs> up that little bit of information. uh, uh eighteen. Um. I was watching. Uh, excuse me. Who was I watching last night? Uh, yeah, no, yesterday afternoon. Uh, Chad Westport, and he had um, Dr. Faust on, and and he was talking about. Uh, well, uh, they were they were really went deep into uh, chelation and uh, fulvic acid and uh, and how you gonna and then they went on to talk about CBD and how you can actually control the CBD by (laughs) treating it with the right proportion of of fulvic acid. If I, you know, I could be way off on this one, but he was saying that, I I guess he, I'm assuming he lives in Hawaii. And he said that, uh, he said that uh, uh, CBD or sativa or CBD plants are almost impossible to grow within the uh, 15 15th uh, latitude uh, from the equator, uh, because uh, b- because they develop just too much THC, and if there's a maximum allowable three percent or whatever it is THC, uh, it's just about impossible for those plants to grow down there. But but that's a that's a bit of a side story. Uh, uh, I want to welcome you, and I also want to. Uh, I want to say that I've been following. I've been following Robert on uh, on chat, and uh, I understand that that he is also from from Ty- or from Thailand. And I thought, God damn it! I, I want to t- I want to try to get Captain Four Twenty and Robert t- together to meet each other. I'm sure they'll have a great time. Until I found out yesterday. They're both one in the fucking
1: same. <laughs> well, you know, that there's my laptop going out on me and my using my personal phone. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you get to see me in chat as who I am. But uh, I mean, shit, I had Lakewood police following me for a year and a half because they wanted to make sure they had a case against me because, yeah, I was growing above the normal chapter, and that's where they were going to be doing their raid. So they watched me for over a year and a half and spent $450,000 on a bunch of leaves and shit. So my name has already been out there. Uh, I just haven't been out in any forms or anything since basically 2004 and overgrowth.
8: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. So uh, i from the
1: old school. We hide and grow. uh
7: Gorilla growing. I love it. Love it.
5: Yeah, I was yeah. I was all about that man when they said we could go ahead and be legal. I sure jumped out of that fucking hidden closet like nobody's business. Yeah. It was good to come out and talk about it. You know, there's something there's oh, something about God. it when you when you sit back and just have to hide it for so long. You know, it really does fuck with your whole perception of it.
7: Yeah, no shit. No shit. I, uh, uh, how long have I been legal, uh, uh, medically? I've been, I've been legal probably 12 to 14 years, but, uh, I I moved to this home about 15 years ago, and, uh, what is is the, uh, I mean, I paid, my paid my dues for my so-called crimes, uh, uh, enough over the years i'm just wondering what what's what is that terminology the uh the 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 time where you know after uh, you commit a crime they can't convict you one of those things anyway but
0: probation so that's a, limitations rick thank, probation? You, very, oh, thank limitation. you very
7: much Drizzt. that was the word so <clears throat> what would happen i live i live on a on a hill and uh Every time I would come home, I always would. As I come up the hill, I'd always visualize, you know, the cops all over my property, until I could see the house, see the driveway, and then I'd take a sigh of relief. Or coming out of my garden, uh, same thing. My heart just had to skip a beat every time. And uh, yeah, what a sense of relief! I tell you, I slept. Good. I slept good after that. But um, so, uh, I, and forgive me for being late, but I but um, what I can't
4: wait till I ain't got to worry about them damn helicopters. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
7: yeah. although here it's fighting forest fires. So uh, uh, if I started worrying about every helicopter now, uh, I go I go cuckoo. We, we're probably getting uh, oh, over 20, 20 a day uh, coming in for water those buckets of water you mean you're not rick i mean that's how they get you you know they, they started that
5: fire on purpose so that they could get fly you. all those helicopters over you oh so your you shit. wouldn't be scared about <laughs> it you see they're getting you complacent buddy that's you true.
0: Back, true. Around, but, but uh, i'm legal but,
7: now i'm legal when now they
0: find people, when they find the houses down here um the cops don't have the authority to break in so they'll, they'll call in a fire And then they fire. They follow the fire rescue inside the house. They're like, oh, look what we found.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of ridiculous tricks that they play. Uh,
1: Um,
2: Hold on a second, Rick. Uh, I just wanted to say, because Captain 420 has no access to the chat. You are getting a lot of love in the chat. Um, I can't even ramble off how many people are in there. But uh, I explained to them, you don't have access to it. So everybody in chat is shouting you out, man.
1: Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to everybody out there in chat. Like I kind of uh, preluded to, uh, I don't have a laptop, so I don't have access to chat, which I try to be in when I'm on shows. And uh, thanks for everybody for showing up this evening. I hope Nico's out there from France, uh, maybe Magnus Speeds from Spain. Uh, hopefully, uh, maybe we can get Tao to jump in here. And uh joined in on chat and some people from Michigan.
2: Nico is in here. Um, oh,
1: nice to be. Ch- Thanks, Nico.
2: I only seen I just seen his name, so I, that's why I was like, Yeah, all right, he's in here.
1: But yeah, you know, that was one of the things that I got to uh be really good at for working with normal is I would go around and set up grow rooms that were undetectable. Uh, There was a little thing called roofer's lead and if you lined your room in roofer's lead, thermal imaging didn't work. But it was nice in the early 2000s, I think when they finally made that uh, a statute where they couldn't use thermal imaging anymore as a way to get access to your house. So, yeah, they, there was a lot of times uh, the apartments are leaking with water, so we need to go in uh, just to bust somebody. Or, yeah, there's a fire, so we're going to follow those in. And the cops used that. And in the 90s, they destroyed us. They destroyed us. They bent every fucking constitutional right that we had.
4: Yeah.
7: Yeah, no oh, that's different. That's always no what they were good about. Canada.
3: How is it in Thailand now? Um, how How are the police down there? Are they still? Uh, do, are, do they kind it of depends. slither around? Is it like what? Is it like what the media depicts?
1: Well, right now, uh, Thailand hasn't had really any tourism, and tourism is what. Feeds everything, and this is a developing country. Uh, okay, so we do have VPN on. Uh, okay, uh, I live in Thailand. I can't talk about certain things. Okay, okay. It's, they will not come. Clear. And, they will come and pick me up and take me away. Ha ha. out
8: clear.
1: but uh, yeah, it depends on who you get. If you're caught smoking a joint, like I had mentioned earlier, uh, flour is illegal here in Thailand still. So yep. smoking a joint uh, can get you a fine up to 5,000 baht, 10,000 baht if you're Thai. Uh, if you're an American, it can go up to 25, 50,000 baht. Depending on where you're at and how you're dressed, do you what's that money? conversion? Uh, that convert- you're looking at about thirty bot per American dollar. So thirty thousand bot is a thousand dollars. If not, uh, for a couple of joints, you could disappear for five to seven
4: years.
3: Yeah, so it kind of sounds like how it is up here. There's no like actual. They have like a a sentence they can go by in a book, but it's to that person's discretion of what they want to do and how they want to proceed about it, you know. So until there's any type of uh, accountability for that person's actions, you know what I mean? They're going to be able to kind of meander on how they So
1: so if it's at the beginning of the month and the guy has a car payment to make and a house payment to make, uh, you know, that's going to be your fine and you're not yeah. going to go to court you're going to pay it right there because you don't want to go to jail here you don't want to go through the court system well i'm glad because uh, that that's where you just disappear wow right, right
3: yeah. <laughs> wow yeah. yeah you always hear stories that i'm, I'm super glad uh, that you're coming back out this way man you seem like a, a, an amazing person in this community and uh hopefully i'll be able to get out that way right around the corner for me and uh able to get up and have a good session hear some awesome stories from you one day man
1: well hopefully you'll some people will be coming to visit me when i'm there in michigan Uh, i've got uh, an idea for michigan and michigan caregivers i've talked uh extensively with uh adam uh matt or matthew abel there in detroit who's a wonderful cannabis lawyer and longtime normal president of Michigan normal there. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've, I, I've been in this game long enough and I, I see how to play it. And I, I think I've got an idea on how to help out the caregivers and, you know, it's, there's, back in the 90s and early 2000s, yeah, we did make a lot of money. We didn't make a lot of money, but we didn't, we don't have that money. Uh, basically, from times of getting busted and uh, the fact that we give a lot and I give a lot back to patients, especially in CBD plants. If someone asked for them, they were readily available. Uh, But what we need to do is there's a big problem in Michigan and that's with the caregivers and them doing it out of the basement of their homes. Uh, Michigan sees this as a, uh, a possible fire threat because you have five, 10,000 watts going in your basement uh, of HGI lights. So there's the idea of possibly having places where caregivers can get together And there's a bunch of buildings in Detroit that are five, six, eight stories tall, and they can be broken up into four sections and you can get four different caregivers per floor in there. You know, it's about bringing the caregivers together and giving them a safe environment to grow in someplace where they're not going to burn down their house and possibly their family.
5: I love the idea of that, and I've, I've thought about opening up like something like that for people uh, who don't have the ability to grow, you know, just uh, say like in cities and stuff where, you know, you have to like sign contracts that you can't grow in like your apartment or something. So I've thought about myself setting up a, a, a something like this, you know, to where people could just have their own controlled indoor, you know, grow that is basically a rented space. And uh, the thing I just keep coming back to is, you, you're gonna have people have problems with their grow and blaming it on other people, and it's just gonna start a bunch
2: of shit. I just blame you, fluff. It's way easier.
0: No, uh, but there's there's ways. That's a good, that's, that's are, a great idea, by the way, um, Captain Four Twenty. And plus, uh, I'd, I'd love to get involved in something something oh. like that um but there's definitely ways to control all that um like a landlord you have um access to the the your, your tenant only has access to those rooms like a, a like a like an apartment building you know it's not you can't just walk into your neighbor's apartment and shit and tamper with their with their stuff so I, i'd assume you know dude this is this is an idea he just threw up in the air we're 30 seconds fresh into this shit you know so there's there's definitely that's a, that's an awesome idea and there's definitely ways it'd be like a community indoor garden and i love it yeah definitely
7: and hell, so you it's just, just
0: a, gardening, you know, veggies and stuff while you're there on the on the land if it, if it allows it, you know.
1: As long as you have a, uh, a, a the right pressure in the building, you don't have to worry about anything, and you know, uh, the bugs aren't going to leave the the room. And basically, what we're looking at is four rooms per. Uh, per floor. So you're just breaking it up into quarters and everybody comes from a common uh, point in the center. And basically you can only walk six or eight feet because you have four different doors and that's all it is.
0: No, I think it's great. I think um, the, the the wealth of information shared between the, the growers inside that building, um, it's almost going to be um, like putting everybody in unison. You know the, the, the guys that are failing are going to learn real quick, and if and if they don't learn, the guys that are doing are, are good are going to let them know. You know, it's like a group of guys in a barber shop. You got that one shitty barber. They're going to be like, "Listen, buddy, you know, you're going to tie him up, or, or somebody else is going to take your chair."
5: So I think it's
0: this exact-
1: also this also ties into the uh, micro business license that I'm going to be applying for. And uh, I really don't see me flowering out a lot of plants. And I see myself producing a lot of clones.
0: That's the, that's where it's
1: at. I want to sell the picks and shovels. I don't want to freaking dig the gold. Uh, I want to be your nursery. Yeah, uh, no, I-, I, want a, I want to be a special nursery. I, I like connoisseur quality cannabis. And I like. I think the spice of life is what it should be. And if you don't have a head stash of 20 to 30 different kinds, then you're not a connoisseur. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny you said that because in, in Florida and in a lot of states, there's a you have to buy for, for the hemp here. You have to buy from a licensed nursery that the, 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 the plant's been authorized through the through the University of Florida out here, the Agriculture Department. So being a nursery out here is something you have to apply for regardless if it's hemp or not, if you're, if you're dealing in nursery plants, but being a, a hemp nursery, I think is where it's at. Cause if these guys can't outsource their, their seeds or, or clones from anywhere else, but a licensed nursery in Florida, and there's only a handful of them. And then you have these connoisseur strains of a uh, flower CBD or, or, or high yielding oil CBD, then you're going to be the man, you know, and, and now there's autoflower shit's taken over. And in South Florida, I can't imagine what you could do with autoflowers. How many harvests I can't even do the math? I'd have to figure it out. It's got three, four, five harvests at least.
8: You know, well, and if that's you got-
0: why I have I have a
1: 20-acre CBD permit, and that's what it was gonna be. It was gonna be a CBD nursery, basically. Over there? Yes. Oh, oh nice but I think I'm going to bring the nursery back idea back to Michigan. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to go after, a rec- I'll go after a recreational permit also, but uh, I'm going after my medical permit to grow because now Illinois has done away with my felony so I can come back and I get a discount on that micro business in Michigan, by the way, of 25% for my felony and 10% (laughs) for a possession charge. And because I've been a Michigan resident for more than three years, I get another 25%. I'm at 55% off my, uh, my fees. So uh-huh. this is the only time that a felony or possession charge for cannabis is actually paying off. So I think I'm going to take advantage of it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Crime does already, pay. Yeah. It already costs yeah. you. It already costs you enough, man. Shit. Might as well, frigging those damn rewards and shit.
1: I just wish I got that discount off like the electric bill because uh, <laughs> I'm still an HBS guy. I've seen HBS side by side on LEDs. I just seen it recently. Uh, I think there was some guy down in Florida that I was watching a show and he showed the same clone taken at the same time with the same techniques. And you could see a really big difference. And this guy's got money, so he's got the right LED systems going, but just the metal halide outproduced those completely in veg. The families were bigger. Everything was just so much stronger. I'm right but there
2: I'm, with you. I'm right there with you.
1: But what about a flower? Uh, I think, I think uh, the same- Have you tried
4: CMH yet?
1: I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit of feedback here from somebody out there. I was wondering if you have uh, tried CMH yet. No, no. Uh, the last time I grew in Michigan was 2016. I shut off the light. And the house was sold, so... But no, I haven't gotten a chance to use those yet. Uh, I can buy them out of China for like $105, dimmable ones.
0: What do you think about those LEDs during flower?
1: Uh, I haven't used any LEDs in flower yet. And, you know, I welcome, okay. I also set up gardens for patients and caregivers. And uh, a lot of times it's out of my own pocket because it's for my benefit, because like I say, I do clones and in Michigan, anything underneath eight inches is not considered a plant. So uh, if I have a 12 count plant, uh, plant count and they're all in veg, then you're looking at 20 to 30 clones every two to three weeks. Is the way I look at it, uh, but you know, I set up these gardens for a lot of people, and I do it out of my own pocket. And I'll actually be uh, recording some of them. And you know, this is how to do a cheap grow. Uh, it's the old school way of doing a grow today. Uh, a lot of people are using tents. Why are you using tents when you just use the whole room? I come over to Thailand and they're all using these little two by two, three by three tents. And they've got like three or four or five of them in these big rooms. And I'm like, you know, I can almost fit three 1000s in here. In your room. And you're having heat problems and pest problems and powder mildew problems. Uh, not really powder mildew problems because the heat but uh, you know we do have a bunch of humidity here and they're dealing with bud rot and it's like get rid of the tents and just use the whole room you have your air conditioner in the room it's a split so just use that it's much easier to control i believe it's much easier to control one main room than a bunch of little tents
2: i agree because
1: with you because then you're not dealing with all those little different yeah. areas I don't,
0: and i don't understand the purpose of the a couple little tents in a room if they're all doing the same shit anyways
7: yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. If they're all if they're all in flour, but if you have some uh, veg and some flour, well then you need a divider in the room or separate tents or what have you.
0: A piece of plastic. No, the wall. You could corner off a section and veg a freaking shell full of shit that'll fill up that whole room, you know, in a in a yeah. corner.
2: That's what I did. The I, I have
0: starts
5: talking a long about room, building walls I, to separate out the room. Dude, I got a piece of plastic. Cheap, now you just bought a cheap tent. It's the same thing. Now not true. Not true. Because
2: yeah. I used a black.
4: All I did was use black plastic and fucking run it halfway through. right now
1: it's on the decline uh,
4: there's that insulation that they sell
1: in the four by eight sheets you know those make great great walls it's I've um, made them a lot of times and they they have uh, silver on the sides <laughs>
0: one, side, one side's reflective it's a it's called r-type or r-something it's anti-mildew and uh, uh the insects don't like it and all that shit they sell it it's much cheaper than plywood nowadays shit but the the stock price of, of of lumber has gone down it just hasn't reflect retail yet and it's, it's dropped dramatically um once the once they the the big retailers start purchasing at these newer prices it'll it'll start reflecting i, I think by the end of the year because right now that shit's shit dude everybody became a welder overnight everybody was like stop working with wood and start picking up metal and shit
5: yeah, but then the problem was the metal went up right along with it.
1: So,
0: Everything, dude. Everything's gone yeah. up.
1: And this old like, stoner looks at the insulation and says that'll work just fine.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely
5: right. I mean, I've been <laughs> like buying buying tents. Uh, you know that roll of like the silver wrapped, like it looks like <laughs> bubble wrap. It's right by that same insulation. right? I make tents out of that with fucking PVC. You know, it it's, it works great, and
7: you make them for like fifty bucks. <clears throat> so, Cap, so Captain, the uh, the um, concept that you're talking about this like communal grow area, like is that is that concept legal now, or or would you have to apply yes. for a special? It is legal.
1: Yeah, well, you, we you don't you actually I anybody if someone had a building. And decided to do that idea and had nothing to do with cannabis. They could start running that out today in Michigan to caregivers.
7: Wow. Well, yeah, that's uh, that just makes so much sense. Uh, uh,
1: and there's no special use... license for it.
7: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this yeah, is I've...
1: something that the state actually wants. So, you know, it's something that they're going to push. So it's a, just another way that, you know, somebody that doesn't have multi-millions of dollars can get into the cannabis business and get into the medical and the helping side if they want it.
7: Absolutely. And it doesn't
1: cost you anything.
7: Yeah, yeah, your rent uh yeah but it, uh, you're, it'll cost you your rent but uh, it's not going to cost you the cost of the building and and especially right now when you can't finance any the banks won't look at you f- uh, for any of these investments uh, because it's still illegal federally so yeah it's, it's, it's a great idea
2: hey uh we got a question real quick captain from uh, our the bush he says that you kind of specialize in clones would you be possibly willing to talk about your process about that
1: uh i'm Andy. sorry what was that about clones i your didn't your, your, right your, your
2: cloning process would you be willing to talk about how you do your how you set up your cloning your clones
1: my cloning process and you know i i I'm going to say this, and I've, I've noticed a lot of people are like, really? Uh, when I make a second cut, I'll walk up to a plant and I'll pull it back, and it'll tell me which ones to cut. And my clones are usually uh, when they're in a rock wool cube because I like using the round rock wool plugs with the slits in them, Uh, you know, I'll take my cut and then I'll take it and I'll cut it again in uh, a solution with a little bit of uh, uh, a cloning solution uh, and water and I'll make a second cut. And I'll make it about a quarter inch or half inch up, uh, depending on how many clones I have in my hand at a time. I don't cut on a 45 degree angle or anything like that. I just put it underneath there and cut. Uh, But I do cut underneath water. And when you make that second cut underneath water, uh, when you break that stem and that cut, that water goes up the stem instead of air. And I found that to be really helpful.
2: That's my actually pretty cool.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, very
7: important. Thank you for because that. Yeah. Yeah. The
2: what,
7: what's that, what is that scientific term for water? That is it not osmosis? H-G-O. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah, osmosis you,
1: absorb. You,
7: yeah. You realize that, like, say, if you cut a clone from the top, and it has lots of moisture in it. You just see the moisture like oozing out of that that cut. That so obviously there's that osma or that that pressure that's uh, and, uh, and the other way if, just like you said. If you cut a clone, the air wants to desperately go up that hole. So yeah, that's a that's a really good tip. Now a uh, couple of other things on cloning. One, uh, why would like I, I always thought the cutting on I'm a
1: brick, on Gorod. Let me finish uh, getting that clone into the rock wool plug for you.
7: Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay. So I take that cutting underneath the water and that allows the water to go up the stem. And then from there, I go into some sort of cloning agent, whether it be clonex, whether it be aloe, or just putting it straight in if I don't have anything. Uh, there's liquid- sometimes yeah. when you run out of stuff to use in the house and you have to still keep making clones because if not, the clones are going to die and you don't want the plants to die because you're looking at each one as a 10 $20 bill. And you still have to eat, right? So, I, I take it, I put it in the clonex, and then, like I say, I love using the round rockwool plugs. They're nice and easy to open up. You just take it, and you're able to slide the whole part of the stem as much as you want in there. And I usually end up leaving between four and six inches above that as my clones, and usually leaving two to three inner nodes. And... Once I get in that cube, uh, I know if I'm going to, if it has three or four internodes to it, because I do take the larger clones, uh, you're going to want to cut off some of those bigger fan leaves. Uh, You may not want to cut the whole leaf off. Cut the tips off of it. Get it to fit into the space that you have underneath your humidity dome because you are gonna to have to put these in humidity domes here in Thailand. I don't have to worry about that. Uh, basically, I live in a humidity dome.
7: What temperature and humidity do you like to shoot for in the dome?
1: I In the dome, I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
7: okay, back here, back here. When you're uh, when you're doing when this I'm in, in
1: when I'm in Mich- when I'm in Michigan, all my clones because I do everything in a basement. Uh, everything is on pallets. If I want to slow something back to basically during the winter time in Michigan, and say I don't want to root something, I'll just throw it on the floor. And I like I say I use thousand watt metal halides. so I've got a thousand watt that's six feet six feet above the clone domes. And that's the way I do it and I put them on pallets. Muroff. Right yeah.
7: Uh, and course five I to are...
1: ten days and they're rooted.
7: Cool. Excellent..
1: Um, But living in Michigan was nice, though, and there was times, you know, I I learned that early on, you know, you you leave a, a flat of clones on the floor in a cold climate and you look at them and you say, damn, I haven't looked at that set of clones over there for a month. And you go over there and you pull them out and there's no type of roots on them, but they look like you just took them yesterday. Hmm. That's, yeah. what's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. We, I think there's a lot to learn and uh, you know, once we're able to actually have nurseries, we can take a lot from the commercial side of the nursery business and bring it into the cannabis uh but uh, absolutely yeah.
7: yeah, one day one day I can see uh, tissue culture being just a, a way of life for the commercial operations especially but I just had a question uh, about um, you said you do not cut your clone on a 45 degree angle. I was of the well the broad science that the reason for cutting it on that angle is so that you have, more more surface uh opportunity for a uh for a root to come out Uh, uh, but you said you you prefer not to cut it on a 45 and i just wondered why
1: well i no i just don't care at what angle i cut it at it to me it doesn't matter because you're growing roots out of the side of a stem anyways uh, when I take my seedlings and the seedling starts to grow, I have them farther down in a cup and I just fill that cup up with dirt and that stem produces roots later on. Yeah. So you're yeah. getting your roots out of the side of the stem. You're, you're, you, what are you looking at? A little surface area that big when you're looking at an inch of clone? Uh-huh in your medium that's gonna produce roots. If anything, uh, if you have a woodier stocked plant, uh, I would suggest uh, slightly taking uh, a razor blade or your knife or your pair of scissors, whatever you have, and stripping the outside of that uh, clone down that you're gonna be putting in your medium uh this will help with those ones that are a little bit more woodier and take a little bit longer time a lot of times they take 10 to 14 days to clone so you know if you don't have roots in four or five six days don't worry about it some plants take a long time to root I had one plan in particular that I, the fastest I could get it was 12 to 14 days. Yeah. And doing a bunch of clones, you don't have to be exact with temperatures all the time. As long as my gardens didn't get above about 80 degrees, I was happy. Now, if I'm flowering, I wanna be around 72. And at night, I want to be dipping down to 64 because, like I say, I like to see colors. Fair enough. For people out there using CO2 in a room, uh, if your plants are running at 1,200 parts per million, so should your CO2. It shouldn't go above that, I don't think. As many studies as I've read and as many people that I... Consider very well educated, and the people that I look up to uh, over 1200, unless you're using a hydro system and you're pumping 16, 1800 parts per million under HPS, uh, you don't need CO2 at 1600 parts per million.
7: You don't thousand, need any, or you don't need? Ah, yeah, okay, I get it. Oh, I, that's an interesting. Uh... Yeah. So what you're saying is, uh, whatever parts per million of nutrient you're feeding your plants, you should be giving the same parts per million of CO two uh, to your uh, uh, to your plant.
1: Well, I'm just saying you don't basically. If you go above 1,200, you're wasting CO two.
8: Yeah. Yeah, it's what about- not
1: a, it's not a fact cost effective for you to run CO2 above 1200 parts per million.
7: And what about in say the last uh, two weeks?
1: Uh, I cut out my CO2 at two and a half weeks, two weeks out. Yeah, because if not, you're just going to extend your flowering time. You can yeah. extend your flowering time up to a full week to ten days with CO2.
4: Yeah,
8: yeah.
1: And when I go into the flowering, uh, I usually, <clears throat> I usually like to uh, take my magnifying glass, which is a couple dollar jewelry loop out of the f- local flea market. And when I can see one to two out of every tri- ten trichomes have a nice swelling of amber in the head then I will take it and like what Prophet did. I'm a big believer of the 48 hours of darkness. Because I I work a lot with Afghanis and Indicas that have white triclones and they just really explode to me. So I'll put it in darkness and then I'll end up bucking it down and taking off all the big fan leaves and uh, hanging it up to dry and then trimming dry. I, I like to let it drop and when it drops, I have a big uh, plastic container with a piece of silk screen over the top of it. So I collect all my keith that way too. Nice. And then all the trim and the smaller buds go into making RSO now today. So
7: Excellent. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm just getting into that myself. I've got a uh, uh extract source extractor on order. And uh yeah, I'm excited
2: about it. Uh, I'd uh be careful saying you're doing things like me, man, you might lose some credibility. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of doing
7: things like you and, and it was uh further on what you were uh, we were talking about captain um some things um well basically i'm 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 uh, i'm talking about like automated machines uh for for cutting your trim and uh it's just something that uh, uh it'll never, i don't know if you want pure excellent quality you you got a hand trim just uh just like Profit's doing now? I don't know if there's well, any...
1: the whole thing is, is if you really look at it, because I get to see the Ohio side, and I get to see the Michigan side. Because I am from Ohio, but I did live in Michigan for quite a few years before moving here to Thailand. And I most of my friends are medical patients, both in Ohio and in Michigan, and have been for the past twenty-five years. Ever since I started, I found cannabis again. Uh, but outside of that, I have dead family, and uh, but I, I get to see the side of it, and I I get to see the medical side from Michigan, which is believably, unbelievably cheap. You wanna talk about people that really take care of other medical patients, it's Michigan. You know, you're talking 200, $250 ounces, and that was five years ago. for medical patients. And then you get a state like Ohio and I would have never accepted that. And I wish they would have taken what I wrote in 98 and actually used that because it would have gave Ohio Medical the right to grow 14 plants. And it would have all been paid for by basically the license fees by the state. So they could have opened up exactly like California did and had five or 6,000 dispensaries, and that would have dropped the prices. But Ohio is, you have to buy it by 2.83. It's a tenth of an ounce. And they're charging between 40 and $65 for that tenth of an ounce. And their quality is crap. And so I still see a big black market side in Ohio, especially for medical because the black market is basically cheaper than going to the dispensary and traveling to Michigan is even cheaper. So why not go out and pay some stoners that don't have a job, but they decided, you know what? We all like to smoke pot. We all like to talk about pot. We all like to see a lot of pot. So why don't we open up a business of trimming? I'll hire those guys because they're going to take care of my bud and I'm going to be getting top dollar for it no matter which
4: way it goes. Oh yeah, man. I mean,
5: I like the thought of being able to support people like that. Because for sure, right, get the right people in the job, the people who care about this flower, you know, this plant, the the people who care about the patients and things, man, get them in here. That's who I want.
1: When I walk into dispensaries and, you know, you start to ask whoever's at the counter about their flower and... You need somebody that's going to be able to tell you exactly, you know, even if you are carrying, you know, like 50 strings, you know, uh, that bud tender is going to have to know at least 40 or 50 or 30 or 40 of those.
5: I you think- know, that, that's a great point that you bring up because, um, you know, when Illinois finally went wreck and you know, the medical went for a little while and then we went wrecked. And then, you know, some of these dispensaries started doing the medical rec thing. You could definitely tell that the people who cared about the plant and the medical patients and everything, and even the companies that cared about the actual medical patient, they just fucking totally got bought out and checked out. Because you couldn't find a good blood tender, new shit. They couldn't tell you about anything, you know. Yeah. The knowledge wasn't there anymore. They ran everybody who cared about like actually helping people totally out of the fucking game. Whereas you know you have like like you say in Michigan, and they're just trying like hell to make sure that they can keep that there, so that the knowledge is there yeah. and people who actually want to help people are fucking helping people.
1: And, you know, that's a great thing about Michigan, too, is it's really cold in Michigan. So, you know, we get a chance to sample a lot of the cannabis (laughs) because you just don't want to go out sometimes. So you just sit there at home and smoke. And like I said, uh, Michigan, if you probably yell out, hey, I need help, uh, there'll be two or three people over there to help you. And, you know, you're if you're buying an ounce, don't look at paying over 200 bucks. Definitely not over 250, but recreational. That's a different story. That shit gets taxed. And, you know, I need to get back to Michigan. We need to save the caregivers. Because without the caregivers, people like me who was living off of workers comp and I don't give a shit after being hurt for 15 years and getting a check for $794, $93 every fucking two weeks just doesn't cut it. Not when I was making that every week in 1994. So, you know, I can't afford to go to a dispensary and pay taxes and things like that. Or if there's not a dispensary or a local club like Michigan has, uh, where I can acquire from other caregivers and their overages or acquiring it through other caregivers. Uh, I can't afford to go out and buy cannabis. It's my, um, it's my medicine, but I also need to eat. I also need to have a roof over my head. I need to provide.
5: Yeah, no, that's exactly. Um, you know, uh, we don't really have a caregivers program here in Illinois, but, um, it's the people who kind of take it upon ourselves to be somebody else's caregiver. And and 90% of the time I give it to people in need, you know, if, if they're that fucking far out and that far gone, that they're looking to me for help, (laughs) then they've checked out pretty much all their fucking (laughs) options. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you what you need if I can. And if it helps you, I, I don't even feel right about taking money for it. So fuck it, you know, it's fine and that's that's
1: that's what i like
2: about it absolutely
1: uh, yeah. dj oh, shorts from uh michigan and i made a a small deal with him in 2014 i said hey uh if i fly out to california and come help you at the high times cup at your booth selling seeds uh you know, can you help me out with some CBDs to bring back here to Michigan? And I said, you know, if I charge for them, I'll charge like five bucks, you know, the cost of my light, a little bit of the rock wool and costs, you know, and I'll give them away. And that's what I did. But I was, that was 2014 and I was a little bit ahead of the game. Everybody wanted them, but no one wanted to grow them. And I had a hard time giving away Canatonic, Harlequin, ACDC. My ACDC was the ACDC that you would use in actually juicing the leaf. It wasn't for a flower production because I called it the weeping willow. It was a really thin stem branch plant that just branched everywhere. It looked like a weeping willow though. It couldn't support itself and the buds were all like thumb size. You couldn't get anything big off of them. But here in Chiang Rai is Jamie with his canatonic since he brought that to california and he has those genetics here 20 minutes away from me but just like in the states the only time i got to talk to him is when i was hired at the university and then fired because i wanted to go talk to him and just bullshit with him <laughs> so i was hired and fired at the university for a whole week and uh you know, basically it came down to, uh, what I was willing to do for the university for six months for this, before I got my CBD permit was to teach classes. And I was going to do this for free. Well, this cut out the English school's, uh, money. So of course, being a Westerner, I got fired. (laughs)
7: So I'd like to take a moment and uh, take care a little bit of business. I first of all, want to welcome uh, all of our friends in chat. It's just, it's so cool just to see the same names uh, every, every time. And uh, it's just, uh, it's really, really cool. This is a part of my life I really enjoy. (laughs) And, and, um, and you know what, it's free uh we uh we just get together and share and uh and it's free uh some people some people uh give us a little more recognition through uh, patreon and uh i want to just give a special thanks but reminding chat it's always uh, great uh, for you to take the opportunity to like subscribe comment uh, it helps our whatever the hell we call those things uh our um, algorithm, thank you. And uh, anyway, at this time uh, we've, uh, we've uh, really been developing a list here of uh, Patreon supporters. I just wanna make, make a, take a moment, and run through them here. We got Crazy Pop Mom, Stoney, Rockefeller, Canada's Finest, Uncle Rick, uh, Raider Dank Vader, Hypothetical Genetics, BC Stoner Mom, Dave's not here. Sticky Icky Cookie, OP7420, Papa Z, G Bay Genetics, and Colton Bridge. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, back to the show. Oh, we lost Captain there, but I was. Did, uh, before I came on, did anybody have an opportunity to ask him uh, life in, uh, in um, Thailand? Gotta be cool. Gotta be cool. The weather the climate the uh well yes he, he informed
4: all. us about a
7: bunch of that and then informed
5: us also that he has to be very careful about what he says about where he's
7: at yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. okay so if this is thailand i i i guess we're not even gonna go there
5: oh shit, the hands
8: up
3: <laughs> hands up
2: He <laughs> gave it's me the coordinates the at the beginning of the show man
3: On the back side
2: of the hand. I think you might be at the elbow for this one, my friend.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Um.
1: But that's one thing I'd like to give a shout out to everybody out there in chat. Uh, When I'm in chat, I like to say hi to everybody. It's my way of connecting and without your show here Caribou Heart TV and I, I'm going to I don't do this often you can see all the other podcasts I've been on uh, with the help of Fumi and Eagle and Eagles Gardens over there in the wormhole <clears throat> you know you guys out in chat and doing these podcasts it's not only allowing me to learn every show and have a great time and have a laugh and sit down and smoke with somebody else because during COVID here in Thailand, life gets really hard, especially when the only time I talk and speak English is when I'm on podcast. Uh, I leave my house and... I speak English and they look at me like I'm speaking English and I'm in Thailand. Hey, idiot. We're Thai speak Thai. So this is the only time that I get to feel normal. And, you know, it's really hard being over here because I also have a sick father back in Cleveland. Uh, you know, being stuck here with COVID, you guys in chat and with these podcasts and allowing me to come on and just, just even being in chat, uh, in the Michigan grow bro show. We didn't even shout them out. I'd like to shout out sequence there and skill bow and, uh, Spartan and pawn painted lady, you know, that we actually have people, painted lady uh, in chat
5: right now. talking with you.
1: You know, those people, when I talk about those people, it brings happiness and actually tears to my eyes because I'm 10,000 miles away. And in Michigan, we have like a huge medical community and we get together and we talk and we socialize. And I really miss that because like, I said, I come from the time where we closed up and you didn't go out and you didn't talk to anybody about it. And if you did, it was once or twice or three times a year and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
7: so you're coming back uh, in the next month or so. Uh, is this for a visit or to, to stay?
1: Um, it's possibly to stay. There's that. That's what I talked about earlier. And that micro business of 150 plants and getting a discount. You know, I'm all about that. And I'm all about not even flowering out of one of those plants. So you kind of know my intentions there. You know, I wonder. But going back to that, uh, if I do want to sell to the public, I do have to have things scrubbed. So they do need to go through tissue culture. And that's one thing I'd like to do. And I was going to take the time with the Boston rally was there was a company outside of Boston that was doing tissue culturing on YouTube and things like that. And I'm not a person to learn off of YouTube as much as more hands-on and trying it and screwing it up a hundred times first myself, and then learning how to do it the <coughs> one time in one way.
7: <laughs> yeah. 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 They were talking about that in Chad's show too, the science versus uh, uh, trial, the, the school of trial and error. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> where I felt I've come from. Thirty-five years of trial and error. Fuck it up. Try to figure it out. Blah blah blah. <coughs> <laughs> I've learned more uh, since I've been uh, a part of your group uh, in the last six months than I than I picked up in thirty-five years. But anyway, that's another. Um... God damn it! I really I thought I had an interesting question. No, it's gone.
1: But you know, if I wanna sell clones to the general public in the state of Michigan, yes, they all do have to be scrubbed. So they do need to be cleaned. And if I was supplying somebody that had a large facility, I would definitely want the plants to be that way because there's no way in hell me being a small little company or a small little business even though I could produce 3,000 clones for you, I can't take the $300 million hit it would cost me if I wiped out your facility because of having a pathogen in one of my clones or a disease that was easily transferred and destroyed your whole operation. I I don't want to be reliable for that. That's for sure and i have some stuff that uh, i've been holding on to for 20 years that needs to be reworked because uh, it's starting to lose weight now i've been told Uh, the lemon g out of ohio i have the genetics for that
6: i was hoping you would talk about this strain this was going to be the one thing that I was going to ask about. So can we talk a little bit about lemon G? Uh, this is uh, even in my little hillbilly ass town where I'm from up here in BC. Uh, we've heard about this strain, but we've not actually seen it. So what can you tell us about this awesome strain? The,
1: the lemon G that I have, I, I literally keep it in a jar on the shelf with its own bowl next to it because... I'll beat your ass if you use my bowl to smoke it. You can smoke all you want of it. It's up there in its own little jar, its own little pipe right next to it, break your heart. But to me, it's like going to grandma's house and being a kid and grabbing that can of lemon pledge and spraying it in your mouth. At least for me, that's what I get. There's that wax coating over your teeth almost. And it's like, man, lemon pledge. I can't stand it, but uh, it's a wonderful plant. Uh, There's mixed reviews on exactly what it was, even if there was any G13 in it. Uh, Supposedly it was crossed with G13. I think it's just a skunk vino, in my honest opinion. And if they did cross g13 into it then i don't see that because i get huge buds off of it i mean we're talking baseball size bat buds but there someone did let out some seeds in michigan that were made from uh uh, using a purple quirkle male because we had to back up a uh a facility and the quirkle was used and they wanted to add purple and this was like 2014 so for the midwest purple yeah it sells and that's what they were going after and they only made F1s and the F1s were let out and some of the Michigan bro growers had gotten some of them and i think they got some of the phenos there's eight different phenos in there And when I get back to Michigan, that's going to be number one that I do is take that quirkle that I have, that purple plant, and cross it back into that and make F2s. And I think we're going to let those go. Matter of fact, I wouldn't mind sending some out to you there, Caribou, because I think you've got a couple strains I wouldn't mind trying.
6: That's i've actually i've been put i was supposed to get them out this last week anybody that pays attention to this now knows that i am horrible for getting seeds out (laughs)
8: like it
6: (laughs) it takes me about three months it seems at at a minimum uh but there i'm hoping uh i started putting the packages together uh last weekend i got like two-thirds of them done i got like three four more i got to put together and one of those is meant to be going to you and i'll get a hold of you in dm and uh get the address on that because I just to to, put even like to to have them grow and see myself growing in Michigan is cool. It'll happen. There's already a few of my beans that way, but the thought of like seeing your stuff potentially over in like Thailand, that's just like, uh, that's a really cool thought to me. And plus why would I want to just give out beans to everybody if I can? So that, that, that feels good too.
1: And, And I have a feeling that, uh, being on the podcast and potent ponics kind of asked about here in Thailand. And yes, there are a few uh, little clips on cannabis here in Thailand, but uh, your most experienced grower only has maybe five or six years of growing. And they have, they have no knowledge and they're thirsty for it and there may end up being a podcast that will be done in english and uh subtitled in thai the businesses will be here in thai it will also have thai farmers uh but uh maybe coming back and looking coming out and visiting some of the regenerative farms there in the United States and also the regenerative indoor grows that are going on in the United States to also show the Thai people, hey, in the United States, they deal with all these different climate issues. So they grow indoors and this is how they do it. And they deal with all these climate issues in the United States and this is how they grow regenerative outdoors. Take a look at it. take a look at it, Thailand, because you're perfect for it. In the United States, if Thailand wanted to grow cookie or cook, if they wanted to grow cookies they'd be screwed because they all harm on them. But if they wanted to and produce cannabis as a product, all these equilateral countries down here, uh, Canada couldn't compete against them. You can't compete against the cannabis that could be produced out of here whether it be concentrate rosin whatever uh because there's very little cost and overhead
6: well how much basically- does the
1: sun cost to
6: fucking power a room or the equivalent of a room right not much at all like uh oh. Like I said earlier, well, after or mentioned earlier, when you said, uh, you potentially like three harvests in a season, like, man, that's, that's the cat's ass right there. I, I wish.
1: Yeah. And you know, people like, uh, Hawaii sustainable, uh, you know, we talked about it and it's like, what's the cost of a $30 solar led? You know, that keeps my plants and veg for me. So, you know, and it's like, I I asked him the stupid question the other day because I want to come and visit him. And it was like, uh, when's your harvest time? And he laughed and he says, dude, come on. You know, it's continuous. It never stops. So how can you compete against that? especially Michigan and the colder weather states where I'm from and you guys up in Canada, how can we compete against that commercially, you can't. And if they wanted to start doing CBDs like they are doing here and Coca-Cola is doing, Thailand of Coca-Cola does have a CBD farm here in Thailand. So it's that far. So, yeah, you can't compete for a distillate here in Thailand. These countries down here will just crush the United States.
4: Now, did but, they have like a
3: their own like uh, with the medicinal? It, it was pretty ingrained into the culture early on in Thailand, right? Um, Used in cannabis medicinally.
1: Well, there's I believe there's 16 Thai traditional medicines that are made with cannabis. Mm-hmm. So, are they no, trying to refer back
3: to anything, anything like that in the consuming aspects, or is it, like you said, flour? You can't have flour down there, right?
1: The the cannabis business here in Thailand is such a joke; it ain't even funny. Yeah, that's how the some of only- the states
3: are here. Like in Alabama, you can have capsules, suppositories, or like a salve. And.
1: They're literally washing and selling the fan leaves to put on meals here. And uh, like I said, everything has to be done through a concentrate, the bottles of concentrate, we would look at that and say, okay, so you're saying that I need to take five bottles at one time because of the dosage of milligrams being so small. And they're thinking that one one vial is to last you X amount of days. And there's just no education here. That's the biggest problem is there's no education. They've rushed into this. It was a great idea for the government to give it to the Thai people. And I praise them on that. And if you want to grow CBDs, it all gets sold to the government. The government handles everything. And it handles through three other people's hands. So those three people make money in the government. But uh, as far as anything else, there's no real type of movement like we have in the United States uh, because of the plain fact of it is, is you know, being here in Thailand, you just don't go out and protest every day because if not, a lot of people would disappear every day.
8: Yeah, that's such a fact,
3: uh, you know, uh, that, that just because of uh, a plant, you know, and the big thing is we're all fighting for legalization and stuff, which is kind of silly. And to begin with, is we should just be fighting for a uh, key regulation of it. You know, it's a plant. We should be able to have access to it and be able to give safe access. And I love your idea of giving people safe access to grow grow areas. That's why... Uh, home growing isn't that big in the city of Chicago, you know, I mean, a lot of people are worried about neighbors and stuff like that, neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, so if people had more of a safe access uh, to it, you know, I think it'd be a, a
1: lot more accessible. I love that idea. No, you're not. So you can go home and, you know, when you're a home grower, you can't leave and go on vacation because especially in Chicago or some of the cities in Michigan, Uh, You don't leave your house and go on vacation. Why? Because it gives people a time to break into your house. (laughs) So if someone could provide a safe environment for a caregiver to grow and he doesn't have to worry about living in Chicago or like New York City or Flint, Michigan or Detroit, Michigan, You know, any place that's got a lot of crime, you have a a place to grow and it's a safe, secure facility. It's guarded 24 hours a day. You don't have to worry about it burning down your house and ruining the rest of your family life and interrupting that. You don't have to interrupt it by someone breaking in because they need money. So they're going to steal your cannabis. Oh, wow, well, you're flowering, I'm just going to shoot you because I can't spend the time in jail. So, yeah, it would be great for someone out there to go ahead and start doing that. Uh, like I said, I was talking and basically if you have a building, you could start running out to caregivers. As long as your municipality allowed that.
7: Yeah, we. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that's allowed in Canada. I I thought though, and Caribou, maybe I, you may know a little bit about this. But up on uh, Highway 97 north of a hundred mile, um, I thought that they were gonna they were supposed to be building some type of facility, and I got the impression that it was going to be uh, like mini, like almost like a looked like a mini storage, and uh, people could go there. With their license to grow for uh, recreational uh, plants, and uh, they, I recall and was- what you're
6: talking about, but I thought it was only going to be like I thought it was meant for companies. Um, and there's only like I, and I I I could be wrong on this, Rick. I, I do I didn't pay a lot of attention. I just remember um like my 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 thoughts on it was I thought it was something like six or a dozen companies or something like that. So that they could have their micro or whatever um, no, for okay. product and our mayor and a couple other people in city councils had their hands in that. And these are the same motherfuckers that denied us for having... Um, dispensaries in this town for the first almost two years of legalization because they didn't have their fucking hands in it. Same people that won't allow restaurants to come to this town because it's competition with the people that sit on city council who already own like the A&W franchise in this town and other other stuff. So that's fucking, I was so fucking glad when I got that sucker that voted down. I would love a chance to go work at a micro grow up in this area. But when our politicians, our local politicians are shooting the shit down when it's benefits the town and tax dollars that the municipality could be taken in and then only to vote in and actually go and try and push forward stuff when it's their palms getting greased. Fuck you
4: motherfuckers. That's my rant for the day. How's everybody doing? Like, yeah, <laughs> forever pissed off.
8: That could have been How a much that did You
6: guys actually get before it froze up. I didn't even realize it was free. all of it. <laughs> oh, we got it all, years.
2: and you froze at the finger, dude. <laughs> Perfect.
6: <laughs> I just, just you like, couldn't just, have planned that better. <laughs> uh, well, because, like, I just like in theory, something like that would be awesome. If it was that, where I could go rent out, say, a 10 by 10 room or bigger, smaller, whatever. And I I could be promised that I'll pay my rent, uh, however that works out. And there's my uh, place to grow because I don't, I'm not able to grow here. Uh, Like uh, it it sucks. Like I was just talking to Fluffy yesterday about uh, maybe getting like a two by four tent or a two by five by two by five tent and growing like freaking strawberries and shit in it just so I can have something to grow because I'm not allowed to grow cannabis here because we signed or the girlfriend signed that as a stipulation of uh, the tenancy, right? so yeah fucking right something like that would be amazing
5: well how fucked yeah. up is it that we're all getting very excited about you know being able to like maybe like set up a grow like this or do that or take our fucking you know our four plant rec limit fucking thing, when we should be able to just take these fuckers and grow them anywhere we want and fuck everybody like it's a goddamn plant like yeah. this you know it's yeah. Uh, we we get so excited when something goes our way. When in reality, there there should be nothing stopping us from just fucking. I want to play in my whole goddamn backyard and these fucking things. I should be able to. One hundred
8: percent
6: fluff.
7: Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I would like to think that it is going to come. I mean, uh, ultimately, that's that's our goal. Uh, and uh, but again, uh, there was another topic i wanted to ask about um or when we were talking about the p- plant limit versus uh canopy like give me a break i mean that's what it should be all about is uh, where who comes up with these numbers four plants rec 12 plants caregiver like who 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 does this
6: shit And don't you understand either you? What they're talking about. Well, 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 now now they
3: do have people that that they know what they're talking about. They're people that know how to maximize the the, the money that they can get from the people doing it or trying to stop people. You know what I mean? It's the people that that don't grow weed. You're absolutely right, Caribou. You know what I mean? But now they're these lobbyists. They're starting to get these people that are getting really smart on how to attack these these new laws coming into play. Like all these new states are really excited about. making new laws because of the way that they're doing it you know what i mean so that, that's something we definitely got to be careful about moving forward but i love what every, what fluffy was just saying it's a fucking plant like you know that's that's cool that's what
6: I hey guys before we Co- jump any farther I just throw a shout out to lobster we forgot to mention his name uh when we're doing the patreon shout outs lobster that's my bad, brother. I uh, didn't convert or send a message to uh, Uncle Rick. Um, I- I'm a cunt. Sorry. I love you, especially, and especially, <laughs> and especially yeah. after that kick-ass song that he wrote us too. And I'm gonna fucking cunt him. Don't worry, don't
2: love, worry, ca- worry Caboo. I got your back. Uh, you know, but yeah, love thanks, you, buddy,
6: for uh, I love bringing you. that up to our attention because that could well, hey,
5: look back there behind me. Forty Acres right there, and it says it all. <laughs>
7: oh that explains a lot okay
2: <laughs> oh shoot
1: prophet yeah, you were going to ask me a question there
2: um yeah it's probably one i we should just leave alone it, it had nothing to do with cannabis i don't want you to be stuck in it I, all right I wanted. The answer is
6: going to be yes. He does want your panties, Prophet.
2: Uh, We all know. Cool. All right. Never mind. You already asked it for me.
7: And there was, in fact, a um, Prophet's mom was here, sighting in Thailand.
1: No, but I'm sure we can find a bathroom wall to put it on somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That
2: would be amazing, dude.
1: That would be cool. if they open up the bars again, fuck.
8: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're at two and a half months already of no music again. You guys were all locked up back there in the States and I was sitting at the bar listening to live music going, yeah, fuck yeah.
6: <laughs> I'm jealous. I've been saying it a lot lately. Uh, like I can't fucking wait for live music to come back Is now and especially because it's mostly down in the states or in europe where i'm seeing this stuff get booked but there's some really good concerts coming up like i just saw one with um it's like fucking knot fest this year it's like slipknot megadeth i think they got like trivium, trivium lamb of god like fuck me man that's going be really uh, just about the same lineup uh but without uh slipknot on it uh that was going to be doing another one like oh fuck me but we're getting close
8: yeah the
1: grateful dead are playing on my birthday well really like the fifth show they've ever the dead ever played on my birthday for sure (laughs) i'd be worth checking out for sure absolutely are you gonna be there yes i will
7: wow where is that gonna be
1: uh, to tell you the truth, I haven't even really looked at it much past what I was sent about it. Ooh. And that's all I needed to know. I was just sent some information that says you're going to be there, right? And Count information me in. On how to get there. And I never looked at the email again. And the only poster I've seen with all the dead shows on it was from the Merry Pranksters. And they kind of have a way of like changing the names of cities and shit on their posters and I can't even remember what name they put up there as the name of the city but it's not like Cleveland that's for sure but uh, (laughs) yeah I do want to plug one place in Michigan uh, right before my birthday and if there's anybody in Michigan that'd like to come out and support someone that does fight for Michigan caregivers come out and visit Buddy for Buddy at Clio Cultivation there in Clio, Michigan. Uh, He has a wonderful store. Every August, he has an anniversary party and his son's birthday is also at the end of August, right at the same time as he opened up his store. And he has uh, live music. He has a medical tent with uh, vendors in there. Uh, he doesn't charge anything for people to come out to the event and, uh, you want to get out there on Friday. He gives out great deals and he gives a ton of shit away. I'm going out Friday early just so I can be in that raffle because he ends up giving away $10,000 worth of shit. And you have seed companies coming there. Uh, The last time I was there, uh, 420 Mendo was there and I think they ended up passing out between 50 and 100 seed packs. So it's just a great time.
8: That's what it's about. There's
1: no money involved. You come out and you have a bunch of vendors and you can buy your needs there, whether it be t-shirts, food, clones, flour, concentrate, medibles, everything. That sounds so like a hell of a time to be.
8: Yeah.
3: You got these people that are, you know, and it's strictly for the money. And I love that, like you said, just though where that's not even a thing, you know, it'll happen when it, when it needs to happen, but it's not, not the focus of things, you know, and that's what it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be people helping each other because that's what this plan is doing. It's helping us, you know, or at least it helped me, you know? And so well, just naturally, buddy, you want to be able to help somebody else with it, you know, and 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 that's what the community is about.
1: And helping buddy is something we all should do because he take, you know, his store's running and it's running fine with the staff he has. He was able to leave the store and go to Flushing when they were uh, having their meetings there. And he would show up and you can see his posts on Instagram and Facebook, uh, him going and talking with them and getting them to reword a lot of what they were going to be putting into the law. And you know, he made a difference. He's one of the few people out there that are making a difference. And I think we should be looking at co-ops and collectives too. You know, we need to come together because the only way we can fight big money is with big numbers of votes and our votes are now going to the only place they really count anywhere is your local elections anyways. And those are the people that want to keep their jobs. And us pot smokers, like you were saying, Fluff, you know, you all of a sudden medical came around and you came out of the closet to talk about it. Well, that's what all of the medical need to do. They need to come together. And basically, you know, it's somebody needs to be that first linchpin to get everybody to start coming together and together as talking as a population of people with a population of votes. You know, those people need to voice their opinions, even if they don't smoke cannabis, You know, hey, I don't care if the guy next door has a couple plants that I can see from my backyard balcony, you know, yeah, it may smell during a certain time of year a little bit and it's discomforting, but he's growing his own medicine, he doesn't have to go out and buy it. So those people need to voice their opinions to their local governments. And we need to come together because together we can fight money. And you know, uh, for me, you know, when you say that, too, it kind of drives me
5: nuts that you, the only thing that somebody can really argue about is the smell of a cannabis plant. You know, when it's flowering, you know, your neighbor might get a little pissed off. But, you know, uh, no one argues when the farmer fucking spreads shit in his fucking field. And it smells up a 30 mile radius for fucking weeks you know no no one that does no one cares if that inconveniences anybody so yeah industry or a big, yeah, industry, like, or a big
2: yeah. fucking industry pouring fucking shit in the air
0: purely oh, yeah. here purely have I mean, a, a big uh grow out here and they, they do a lot of indoor and outdoor so as they set up these uh the the caterpillars they don't have a permanent filtration at the moment until the buildings are being built and the whole freaking neighborhood started complaining about the smell, saying that they can't even let their kids outside. But meanwhile, there's freaking helicopter, there's uh those flyby planes that that spray fucking fertilizer on all the cornfields and shit and all this other monocrop crap they don't complain about. They don't they're they're blind to it, you know. Society is yeah, it's, to, it's ignorance, man. They
5: they just don't know. And I mean, there's, there is a difference. I mean, if you're a, if you're a big grow up and you got fucking hundreds and hundreds of plants and you're just venting that shit right in the air. Yeah. That's annoying. Like you should do your part to fix that, to be a good neighbor. That's just the fact of the matter, you know, but you know, one plant, you know, a couple plants isn't going to fucking destroy a whole neighborhood and make it so unbearable that people are, you know. They can't deal with it. No, it's not the same. You know, that's not the same thing. But yeah, the fucking industry, right? Uh, you know, I, I work in industry and I mean, those places stink up just whole towns, whole towns and don't give a shit about it. So,
2: I it's mean, it's
4: ridiculous to be uh, the we, got,
2: we, got, we got people over here that grow fucking, you know, all types of shit and I'm probably allergic to half of it and like, I'm not fucking bitching to them. But if they smell cannabis, they're not going to have a goddamn fucking allergic reaction to it. You know what I'm saying? Like these last couple of days, I'm so congested. It's fucking killing me.
1: But that's where, you know, it it should come down to if you are growing in your basement and you're bending it out and your neighbor says something, put a filter on it. That's what the neighborly thing is to do.
0: Yeah. Anyways,
1: you know take care of that and if you're a big facility then yeah you should be scrubbing your air before you discharge that
0: or, or at least give your neighbor a couple joints for us so he can't have no reason to complain <laughs> that's
1: exactly
2: that's what i well, do. And
1: i'm a little bit of a different caregiver in michigan too i give a little bit more when i do caregiving than a lot of caregivers in michigan sometimes i have a tendency to give a whole plant every 35 40 days
4: yeah
1: and you have to trim it not me <laughs>
8: hey, small... man, I'd,
5: be, I'd be all about just flowering shit out and handing it off to somebody and be like here's your meds.
8: <laughs> your meds
0: best meds in town
7: so so how does the uh, caregiver program work as far as being like monetized if you are a caregiver Uh, can you you charge for that service or how does that work
1: you could charge for it but basically uh, in Michigan you get a caregiver that caregiver is allowed to grow 12 plants for you that caregiver is allowed a total of 72 plants and uh the caregiver doesn't have to be actually licensed uh medical patient himself either they could just be a caregiver they don't have to smoke cannabis uh and become a caregiver in michigan yeah uh so they're allowed to grow 72 plants uh the the shitty thing is is you get back to the numbers and the recreational numbers are your possession of cannabis is a lot more than medical it's where you get screwed again but uh you're allowed to grow 12 plants per patient and in michigan basically from What I understand other people give is between one and two ounces per month, and then a discounted price on if you needed more. Or they would take and they would give you X amount of grams per oil. Uh, If you're someone like me and you have a medical patient that needs 30 grams of oil a month, that's what they get. If the patient needs 60 grams of oil a month, that's what they get. You know, if a patient needs oil for fighting cancer uh, and I'm their caregiver, I give them exactly what they need to get by, no less. If anything, I give them more. Because I'm still from that old school where, you know, yeah, I should have been making tons of money and had a huge-ass bank account, but I don't. Because I do stuff like this. I take care of people. You know, you talk about, hey, I don't have any money. Well, you need medicine. It doesn't matter. I have extra medicine, so I don't make extra money. But you know what? You work on cars and when you feel good, my car may be broken down. So guess what? I may call you up and say, hey, I ain't got no money for car repair and I need to get medicine out to patients or I need to get clones out to people. I need to go take a look at gardens and that person's going to be there to fix my car for me. That's what cannabis does. You take care of one another. Karma
7: works Absolutely. It's a great community. Amazing.
1: Money's nice. Money can buy you a lot of things, but true happiness, it can't.
2: No. Yep. I, I found that the more, like everything I've given out and asked nothing in return has come back to me tenfold without even asking. So it, it just works that way in this community. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, yeah. even in life, uh, the, um, the concept of giving and receiving, giving without expecting anything in return, it's going to come back to you. It's just, uh, just how it works. Uh, I, um, I, 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 just a quick story. Uh, I was, uh, at, well, I don't know if it was a low point of my life, but it was a challenging part of my life. And uh, I was uh, delivering food for a uh, a Greek restaurant. And I'd park at the back, and uh, I jumped out of the car, and Buddy said, "Listen, man, I'm, you know, I I need a couple of bucks for uh, uh, gas, or I forget what the exactly what it was." And I really couldn't afford it, but I don't know. I thought, ah, I'll give it to him. So I went in the uh, went in the restaurant, and the owner's wife was there, and I said, "Yeah, I just gave a couple of bucks to a guy in the back back there," and and she said to me, she said you give with one hand and you take with the other and it really struck it really struck me and and kind of a neat concept you give with one hand and you take with the other and it's a balance i guess i don't know but uh, man. So my my uh, Rick, uncle rick's zen moment okay
3: I thought that would shut the crowd up.
1: (laughs) So sitting in Thailand, I'm still smoking uh, some Gorilla Glue from Michigan, uh, some wedding cake, and some, uh, I did find some, a little bit of Afghani mango from Southern Ohio still.
2: So do you come across chocolate Thai? I'm just curious. I had to ask.
1: And all the time I've been here and all the time I've looked for it, I can't find it. It's some place in Isan, which is the uh, northeast part of Thailand, out towards Cambodia and Laos. I've been told it's there, but I haven't been able to find the chocolate yet. Every other flavor underneath the rainbow, basically. And yes, there are no CBDs that grow between the zero and 20th parallels. So we have to bring those in. And if we wanna do it from seed, it's gonna take three years to get them in the seed with the tie strings here. But just like the United States, uh, they opened it up for uh, commercial use of uh, fabric and hemp and fibers and things like that. And like the United States, there's no processing plants, and without processing plants, why even have hemp
0: being legal? Hey, that's crazy. You brought that up because I've I've told a, a dozen of my buddies that um, the next thing is 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 a processing plant is to process all this this fiber to textiles or the oil or the or the seeds to oil or or whatever it may be if it's consumable or if it's going to be used for for industrial. And uh, man, I've been saying that shit for like three years. If I had the resources for it, it takes a little bit of capital to be able to set up a facility like that to actually take that biomass and that, that tonnage, you know, cause uh, yeah, you can biofuel, you know, that shit. The list is on and on and on. The hemp tree, you know, uh, don't get me started, but yeah.
1: But there's no processing facilities. So you're allowing the farmers to grow hemp, but there's no one to buy their products. So you gave them another non-usable crop. You know, I like the idea of what they were doing in North Carolina there and taking the CBDs and rolling it into pre-rolls and using it to help people reduce the amount of cigarettes to smoke. I think that's a great idea. And I think uh, they should do it with sesquiterpene uh, cannabis or CBD. And that way people can get their CBDs and get something that tastes good. Maybe like a cherry or maybe a lemon.
0: Uh, I've seen the, <clears throat> excuse me, the C, the smokable CBD change in the last couple of years. And it changes pretty fast. It's um, there's a lot of indoor um cbd being that made now a to, to to smoke so the the cost of it rises cuz you know you're bringing that shit inside and, and once you bring it inside the the expense for it is, is isn't the same as a keeping an outside plant but the quality is there so there's double sides to it you know it, it gets costly now to provide a, a smokable good quality cbd um you know it, it's like about 40 dollars uh, an eighth or a quarter or something like that retail, you know, so. You can be processing that out in the field. Yeah. But nobody, nobody wants to go to a store and look at a jar of uh, indoor CBD and then look at a jar of outdoor CBD and choose the outdoor, you know, and once you crack open that jar and and, and you see it, you're allowed to smell it and, and see it. It's not like uh, the dispensaries out here that have everything in a, uh, um light proof jars and a cabinet you, you don't know what it is you can only tell what it is from what, what they have online available the cbd is available on the shelf so you can see it you know no, no one's going to choosing that outdoor over the indoor the, the visual quality of it isn't the same anymore you know basically
1: you're not buying my product uh through a jar you're buying it in a free roll and you base that pre roll on how it smokes. If it smokes good and it has that sesquiterpene and you're able to have that flavor from the first hit to the end,
4: 100% then
1: that's all that matters. And your product's going to sell no matter what it is, and people are never going to see
0: it in a jar. No, you're, because, you're 100% right. And we sell a lot more pre rolls than the flour itself for that matter, because people could just, oh man, the packaging or the pricing or, or, or whatever, there's nothing really to look at quality wise, because it's all rolled up and it looks the same from the exterior. And yeah, once that smoke yeah. smokes, then I, I could tell the difference. We do have brands at the shop that sell out three times faster than the other ones do, 100%. Yeah.
1: I uh, d- During my accident, I still have six plates and 62 screws left in my face. So my sinuses and my taste buds are all basically gone. I'm a cause and effect person. So I'm a a really good person for this. And I'm a really good person to sit down and help people out with their medical issues because all the other things really don't matter to me because I don't get that unless it's a sesquiterpene cannabis strain. And that's one thing that if I do have a nursery, that will be the main focus point is all the strains that I will carry will try to be sesquiterpenes because that's the only one I could really taste.
8: Yeah. Or yeah, I've
0: heard a lot of artificial terpenes being um, added to all these products out here. Maybe not artificial in a sense, um, but they're, they're not cannabis derived terpenes they're um, like food flavoring uh, derived terpenes and shit like that but
1: and that's the big thing here in asia is the terpenes and the cannabis terpenes they think they can add the ter- cannabis terpenes to everything and sell it they, they think it's the united states here and the cannabis culture is not that big It's not as advanced as the United States. Uh, I I, I laugh at it when they try to compare Thailand to the size of basically Colorado. There's 70 million people here and they think they can make as much money as Colorado does off of cannabis in Thailand. Well, and I think
5: it also comes down to the part of the education, doesn't it? I mean, it, it, part of it is the greed and stuff, but part of it is they're just throwing it in fucking everything. Like they just, if, if you have people trying to help, they're doing it the wrong fucking way. You know, so part of that, it is, is part of that, the education that you were talking about earlier.
1: Well, that's what we need to do here in Thailand. And my friend is starting to, uh, we have that project going, and hopefully when it all comes out, you know, he has some of these companies that he's going to be asking that question. You're putting the cannabis in it, but why? All you're doing is adding a cannabis terpene to it, or you're adding CBD to it, But right now, all it is is basically, uh, well, it has some cannabis leaf in the tea bag. So they're selling cannabis tea or CBD tea. And basically, they're taking a concentrate and adding it back into the flower because they've already extracted everything from that flower. And the only people that are allowed to sell are the people that let their product go to the government and if the government gives them the right to like the university to keep their product and sell the product and that's what gets put into these tea bags with you know just the advertisement of it cannabis being in it with no beneficial factors at all and wow half my panel is gone <laughs> Yeah, Jesus Christ! What the fucking happened here? It was a mass. Ex- it was a mass exodus,
5: but um, no, yeah, that's and that's ridiculous too. Cause you know, you're getting to the point where, right? Wh- why is it going and shit? Just a going. Like, there's definitely things that you know, if uh, edibles, things like that. You know, you make it, and, or you just put put that flavor in something, and it's. Way off-putting in most things, you know, if, when it's not put in correctly. So why the hell are people looking for that?
1: You know, it not doesn't only just that they're wanting to charge eight and ten U.S. dollars for the drink, and you're talking about someone's whole day pay here in Thailand. Do you think that's really going to float?
5: Right, it's completely unsustainable.
1: You know, you're, a lot of Thai people only make three to $5,000, 9000 baht, $300 a month. You know, they can't afford an 8 to $10 drink. But they think that it can happen here in Asia, and it's just not going to. It's not the United States. Well, and, even, even, you here know,
3: even here in the United States, it's kind of set up that way. You know, it's set up to where the people who need it can't afford it. Um, you know, uh, recreationally, you're paying upwards $90 and eight per week, you know? Um, and that's supposed to be with social equity here in Illinois. You know what I mean? You're supposed, it's supposed to be helping people that have been affected by the war on drugs, but you know, most cannabis users can't go out there and afford that, you know, even with medical card, you're spending $60 an eight, you know, these are, and what it, it, it the way they just have it set up is just pretty wild, you know, and it shows what the true motives are, and that's why I'm excited to try to get out to somewhere like Michigan or a more progressive state. You know what I mean, and really help help a movement and a cause that's already got a little bit of momentum and stuff like
8: that moving. Um,
1: well, you're in you're in Illinois. Why don't you try to do something there in Illinois? You're allowed to home grow, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and anything under what is it six inches is not considered a plant five inches
3: yeah you were talking about that whole cloning thing and a bunch of light bulbs went off so you
1: know that that's a way for someone to help the community and you know what's what's a better way than handing out you know six eight ten inch clones for 20 bucks you know, or, hey, listen, I'm a new grower. Oh, you're a new grower and you need 12 clones? Well, instead of 20 bucks, say, you know, hey, 100 bucks.
3: Yeah, I'm always out here preaching for people to get their <laughs> their medical card, even if they don't want to go use it at the dispensary, just for the fact that they can legally grow their own medicine. I'm, I'm constantly preaching that out here and uh, always trying to get people uh, started up on their own and stuff.
1: The more people that grow their own medicine, the more states that can keep that home grow. And that's what we can't let go is the home grow. Ohio got screwed over when they went medical because there's no home grow. If you that's can't grow a about the plants recreation. at it's home, not- then... Yeah.
3: That's why they're, they're, they're pushing out this whole medical thing and pushing for recreational so they can take out the home growing period, you know, and that takes away, you know, a lot of therapeutic aspect for me alone. You know what I mean? I, lo- I love, getting in the garden and having that time, but you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm but off.
1: you're the competition because you know what, you're not going to turn down your neighbor if he says, Hey, can I get a bag off of you?
3: Yeah.
1: You know, no, and you that's, say, that's well, that's what they, that's what they don't gas. want, they,
3: they want you to have to go pay $90 for an eight.
4: Exactly. Well, and, the, and then,
5: and then what do they do? They come in and they ruin it. I mean, you, you just look at like, once the people who are set up to take over this industry, your Marlboro, your camel and all that, and you, you start looking what they did to the fields of tobacco and shit, they spray on it and what they've fucking bullied into being okay to be on that plant for consumption. Well, look at and Delta then It's just going to be the same goddamn thing.
3: Look at what they did so, with Delta 8 they, they've taken perfectly good CBD flour that they were able to grow and legally sell and you can't even find good CBD flour anywhere around here because they spray it all with this delta 8 stuff and, and and the now they got a delta 10 they got Delta zero all you got to do is manipulate it any type of way and that's all because of the war on trucks really <laughs> you know and, and the, the way they got it set up and well that is yeah that's
4: flat out what it is it's it's beca- <laughs> it's because they've you know, made this whole thing. It's me nuts. I think they went brain dead from head being so far up the (laughs)
3: ass. Cheers. I, I really appreciate you coming out on the show. Um, It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Seriously, it was great uh, hearing you talk. And I really, like I said before, I appreciate everything you've done, you know, up till now and your future plans. So,
1: cheers. Well, that's, thank you. I appreciate that because, you know, that's one of the reasons why I want to get back to Michigan and, you know, uh, make sure that Michigan keeps their caregivers. Uh, You know, I... I joined Normal to make cannabis legal. We settled for medical cannabis. Now everybody is settling for recreational, and you know there's no fight left like we that I seen that we had going on uh, back in the '90s for you know legalizing cannabis and doing away with all the laws uh you know no plant counts or anything like that uh and if you do that then there is no black market because everybody can grow it and there's not a limit on how much they can grow
0: hey so tell everybody where can uh where can we find you man
1: you're on social media platform can, or anything? you can find me on instagram it's ohios underscore slash whatever uh, captain underscore dank We're gonna so have ohio's pick- captain dank if you type ohio's that captain- in it comes it comes on up cool man yeah i couldn't get captain 420 only 420 on youtube Hey, you know, you know what I
5: did think is like really cool, though, because, you know, like we
1: we have been known
5: to get kind of childish and a little ridiculous on this show. And then we get a very informative, wonderful guest who is so full of fucking knowledge. But the problem is he's hung out on this show once or twice. And now there may be mystery sightings in bathrooms in Thailand. I fucking love that. I fucking love that, man. <laughs>
1: well that was one of my little thoughts because my friend was saying well you're going back to the united states and you're talking about going out and possibly seeing if you can't go see maybe like uh uh Ming gene or someone like that and it was brought up well you know you're doing it for eagle and on monday at the wormhole when it's not raining I've taken them out to the White Temple and did the podcast from the White Temple. One of the wormholes the week earlier, I did it from the Blue Temple. And the idea was to maybe start doing podcasts and doing people's podcasts traveling around the country and possibly meeting other cannabis growers and breeders and enthusiasts or just stoners or maybe even sometimes some uh people from the music industry because I'm cannabis scared. did open cannabis did open up that and in, that industry to me in cleveland and that was a wonderful experience and i thank mr hank Laconte so much for that yeah that's fucking awesome that's super cool And yeah,
5: actually, I I need to go back and watch that because I think I remember seeing like a a snippet of that while you were on there. And I believe it was the White Temple. And I was like, I think I thought it was a video filter at
8: first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that's it's a beautiful uh, it's beautiful place i i don't get to post any uh, cannabis pictures but uh, i do get to post a lot of rain pictures and i post that for everybody back there at home uh ohio doesn't need the rain but a lot of the rest of the country needs the rain so i post this because it is rainy season and i'm wishing it to come to you and these are my sunrises in the morning uh, I am new to Instagram, so the sideway pictures, they look really nice sideways. Sorry if you have to turn your monitor that way. But uh, I am new to Instagram. Uh, I haven't quite figured out how to do posting quite that well yet. <laughs> I need uh, that uh, boomer course. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but uh, when I went to high school, there was only one computer class, so come on. <laughs> yeah, I
5: think I hear you on that one. There was one course and it was just typing, like, and trying to figure out yeah. how to actually like make your disk drive run because you had to manually type in codes for that shit. Uh, yeah, that was, like, that was the kind of computer education we had. Oh, I'll Sorry. tell you what. I I, I, you I, yeah. Whatever you're saying, we can't hear a thing. I don't use my fingers. I do not use home.
7: We're, yeah, we're getting feedback. right now? Yeah, if you keep your hands over. Talk?
5: It must be too. It must be too noisy in there, and then the noise canceling in there is really getting, like, to where it's cutting everything out.
0: I gotta. No. How's that? If you mute yourself and you don't say anything, perfect.
7: Okay, take those uh, take those uh, things off from around your neck. There, I think that's the problem. Uh, this is my techie. Uh, this is my techie side coming up.
0: Oh hype! We're gonna we're gonna have to freaking Photoshop Rick's face. Man. Oh
7: shit! Rick's <laughs> Rick's gonna start fucking giving out
5: tech advice. Everybody, get out your notepads.
0: We're gonna have to. Got uh, his own sticker. Okay,
7: I, I think, think we can hear you now. Hype!
0: All right. No, I was just commenting on fluff. Going, I remember typing class where they wanted you to use home row. And I'm like, no, I will use all of my fingers. I will not use home road.
4: I can't do it, my brain can't process that.
1: My fingers and hands and brain don't work together anyway. So I'm the type of person that sits there and still uses one thumb that the text on his phone, or one finger. I can't get two fingers to go at one time in my brain.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I I use two thumbs, but I type it. I I don't swipe. I'm still old school, and I still hit each button.
5: I can't do that. I can't do that swipey swipe stuff. I come up with some words that sound like Johnny trying to do his voice text.
4: (laughs) Is that what that is when he's typing in the Discord and it's just complete nonsense? I thought it was just really high.
5: (laughs) Well, it is. It is. He's really high. And then he tries to voice chat his phone. And holy shit, he comes up with some real, real good stuff.
0: (laughs) It's the combination.
1: I've got a problem. I, I actually know words that are a lot bigger than what I can spell. And I can't spell... Four-letter words sometimes, so yeah. I have a problem.
0: <laughs> Going to yeah. and,
1: to, and today, you know, you have cultivars, a set of strains, and they're the new uh, money that's coming into cannabis is changing the lingo from what we once knew, and we were actually changing the lingo. Again from what it was in the 60s and 70s, in the 90s and early 2000s, and again here in the mid uh, 2020 now, you know, the lingo and and the wording for cannabis is changing again. I know I'm learning a hell of a lot more words.
4: Yeah, I mean-
0: In like the last like four or five years, um it went from like just sativa indica to now there's like a general understanding that like that doesn't even matter but we still use the terminology yeah, yeah. i think that the, the cannabis industry has bought so much money into the agriculture horticulture industry that they've they've merged and uh, some of these guys that have been growing um crops that they couldn't afford the technology that the cannabis industry has brought has has been able to do their homework now and uh and and merge some of the science together, and the cannabis industry's picked up the terminology and the husbandry. While the 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 rest of the industry, um, um monoculture guys and um, horticulture guys, have picked up the 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 equipment, the, the advancement of that money has bought from the cannabis industry for sure. You know, so instead of being a bunch of, of bro science uh, terminology, they're getting technical. You know, you got a freaking you gotta get a damn cannabis degree soon.
5: And, and I mean, I guess it's kind of where It was always going to head to though. I mean, you know, if we wanted it If we wanted to get it out there and get it to everybody That's, it was going to go that way Eventually, you know it's But it'll still be the fucking hobby for everybody To tailor their medicine to themselves you
8: know? you know,
0: 100% I, Look, I've always compared it To the day that they legalized For me, would be um, I could go outside and put a row Next to my tomatoes You know, I could go into a Uh, a grow store and and buy a pack of seeds on the counter just right next to my exotic peppers or or these uh um the kind of um the one of those reapers now that everybody wants to grow it's like a you know there's people crossing them and it's the same thing there's there's an entry level for everything and then there's the extreme hobbyist for everything when you're a kid you start off at the toy store with a little battery power remote control shit that you got to charge every 15 minutes and then when you're an adult you got a three thousand you know, ethanol-powered freaking jet that costs you three hundred dollars every time it hits the ground or something like that. So I see it. Some people don't. Some people don't have a green thumb and want to buy it. Some people love the outdoors and and and, and I want to have it. Some people will pay the service for a gardener or your landscape guy to maintain your cannabis plants in your own yard. There's going to be the whole range, and that's when it's legal for me, man.
5: Yeah, yeah, when it when it's exactly yeah. like that, when it is like a fucking tomato, when it is like a rose bush, when it is yeah. like, you know, when we can do whatever, say whatever, big business has their horrible fucking boxed up, you know, cannabis reds, you know, and there's kid fucking absolute connoisseur level, and then there's gonna be your hobby level. I mean, and
7: you know, the hobbyists
5: yeah. are going to be the ones trying to fucking blow the guys who are doing the micro grows out. You know, it's, it, it'll all get there, but yeah, it, the, the road to get there is just going to be horrible. And we got to make sure that we keep the motherfuckers who are trying to get it honest. And that's, you know, that's where people like, you know, captain Four Twenty come in because you know, all that work with, you know, he did for normal and everything else, you know, we need to continue on this work while this is going on so we can get to our little fucking promised land out there where it is what it is. You know, never forget just because they're giving us a little bit here and there. Don't, don't fucking stop the fight.
3: Can't give that shit up. That's the truth because I mean, I had to fight for my right to be able to just use cannabis as medicine here on parole. You know what I mean? I had to go get a lawyer and, and, you know, fight back. I had that one parole officer who grew up with reefer madness, propaganda in his brain, you know what I mean? And viewed it as a a horrible thing, you know what I mean? So thanks to organizations like normal, they led me in the right direction to a lawyer and I was able to, you know what I mean? Do what I had to do. So I, you know, those, those are definitely important up until the fact that they pull their head out of their ass and realize it's a plan.
1: You mentioned a rose and on the back of our normal chapter, our t-shirts, we had a saying and it was, uh, what if it was a felony to grow a rose? And that's what we put on the back of our normal t-shirts. And we tried to get people to understand, you know, what if just growing a plant that doesn't harm anybody, looks beautiful to some people and smells beautiful to some people, but it's just a plant. Why is it illegal? Why? Because somebody back in 1930s decided they were going to buy nylon from Germany and really didn't want the competition of cannabis anymore. So not only did they help fund World War II for Germany by buying the nylon, they also pushed cannabis out and it gave the way for the United States to make money off of something. And big business won again because the nylon pushed hemp out and the United States government did it all over the world. That's why Thailand has lost a lot of their strains and a lot of the rest of the world has lost a lot of their strains because the signing of all the comp- compacts and everything that allows outlaws cannabis throughout the world. So it's not the true. medical side got set back you know, many, many years with this whole medical thing, you know, how many strains were actually wiped out because of this and the war on drugs in the United States, how many strains were wiped out because of that?
4: Yeah. I actually
2: read something that when they used to feed the cows hemp, they were actually a lot more healthy and everything else too and uh, that decreased after the removal of hemp, which transfers into our food, I mean.
1: Exactly, you know, and if a cow is gonna be healthier off of hemp, then give them hemp, you know. uh, If concrete block are gonna be lighter, let it go in. You know, our, we, we have to look at using different materials in our world or we're going to destroy it even quicker. Uh, you know, I, I feel sorry for everybody younger than me because like my daughter's age or even my granddaughter's age, uh, that generation is screwed in my honest opinion. If, you know, they don't start doing something now, We've been preaching it all this time, it's time for action. And, you know, you've allowed the farmer to grow hemp. Why not allow them to use it? Give them processing plants. Let this product, you know, the hemp board and the hempcrete, we talked so much about it. Let's start using it, shit
5: yeah that is the biggest problem we have all the fucking technology to do stuff with it and i mean like granted some of it you know kind of like the hemp diesel isn't really like on bar to where it's really fathomable yet to you know put in production or large scale but yeah like the hemp board the hemp creed i mean it's it's been through you know enough testing to where it should start be getting used like stop why aren't we we know it's there uh, we're producing more hemp than ever like let's start exactly exactly let's start using this shit and, and, and you know that's that's part of like you know in the construction trade too is supporting it you know like they have to be the ones to jump out and say yeah I'm going to try it
1: I know every bricklayer out there in the world would be, be, be right on top of that shit man <laughs> every laborer out there that has to touch every block and get take it from a pallet and put it right next to the brick layer up on a pallet or a board or something also you know all those people touching all that they would love something because i did split rock and 12 inch split rock weigh about 76 pounds a piece for the white ones And the red colored ones are about 64 pounds a piece. And you're touching those eight hours a day and they're sharp as razors. So yeah, if you could add hemp to that and shave off 20, 25 pounds per block and still be as strong, if not stronger, material and much cheaper, then hell yeah.
5: Less wear and tear on our bodies.
1: The laborers' union and the bricklayers' union would be all up for that shit, man. And then you put it into the uh, carpentry and you start using a press board. Pacific Northwest was the company out west that did the study back in the 90s and did the hemp uh, press board and found out that it was far superior than anything else they could make.
5: Yeah, but then what would they do with all the waste from all the powerhouses? They can't make drywall, you know. If they have a better version of a better version of drywall, then we have to figure out what to do with all that waste. You know, we can't just build houses with it anymore.
1: But at least now we can, you know, with the way the laws have started to change. You know, I won't say everything's bad, but I'll say the medical side has gotten kind of fucked up, and everybody's opinion of recreation we have recreational okay we can stop and everything and, you know i think that's really fucked up too but uh you know at least now if we our farmers are illegally allowed to grow hemp so there is that possibility of it happening it's just the people need to start to take the actions and the people that control it not really happening are the people that you know own the drywall company own the pink insulation company that's made out of fiberglass and all these other companies they're still keeping it illegal if not you know there would be processing plants and we have it by now that's my right. honest
5: Right. I mean, how nice would it be to, you know, take something like hemp to use for the even if at minimum the insulation in your house to where you're, you know, you're using probably what's going to be the byproduct that it's already been, you know, extracted. We've already got whatever use we can. Now we can make the insulation out of it. And now we don't have to make that fake ass fucking fiberglass. You know, we can now use something natural instead. It'd be be great, but that makes way too much damn sense, doesn't it?
7: Yeah, so we got a question. Uh, Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Even if we had to, you know, throw it out every two or three years and spray it back in as that type of an insulation, you know, it's all biodegradable, you know, just like you said, that pink shit. (laughs)
8: You know, yeah yeah what happens
1: yeah. to that how long does that take to break down what happens if it catches fire what type of fumes does it give off to the atmosphere
4: right i'm sorry um,
1: rick
7: no no I, i'm uh, i just noticed that uh, robin had a, a question in chat uh, and and it was on my mind as well uh, uh he was asking about whatever what happened to the High stick strain, and I was going to ask the same thing. God, I I, I remember that so distinctly. It was uh, head and shoulders above anything else I was smoking at the time.
1: <laughs> the tie stick strain, there's, you know, they still make it, uh, but basically, a lot of the cannabis comes in from Laos. Uh, it's it all comes in from Laos. Uh, A little bit comes in from Burma, uh, Myanmar, but a lot of Thailand's canvas comes in from Laos because Laos's uh, canvas laws are completely different and have been. And that's originally where a lot of the uh, Thai stick actually came from, too. Oh, yeah. The Thai stick that was coming from Vietnam was coming up. Uh, they it's the Isan part where they have the chocolate Thai and everything. But uh, they would grow and do everything here in Thailand. And if the government came, they would just cross the river and the Mekong River and go into the either Cambodia or. Lao
4: uh-huh.
1: to get uh, away, but it's basically a big uh forest and park up there. So it's Indian, it's a like an Indian type village tribe that does the Thai, and it's fermented in the ground. They wrap it up in banana leaves and put oh. it in the ground on the Thai oh. stick.
7: That's interesting. Um, yeah, I was gonna I, I wanted to talk about the stick itself. It's like, it's like, um, oh, I forget what they, they call it when um, uh, n- not a not a gimmick, but uh, um, yeah, we, we have it a lot in the cannabis in- industry where you want to, uh, you want to um, have an image or something so you relate it to something oh there's a terminology for it anyway cut to the chase um yeah the the the, i mean the product itself was absolutely incredible but along with it you got that little stick and then you got the 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 tie wrap around and you know it was really cool Uh, not marketing um i can't think of it
5: i wish uh, i i never in my day got to actually see any i wish i would have been able yeah. to it, that it, that to me is still just a a legend that has never never been in mind so i'm oh, very yeah. jealous of anybody who's actually seen or been a part of that
6: oh yeah yeah Also, bluff. there's a lot of those strains that you hear about uh, from like 60s, 70s, 80s, that like a young fucker like myself uh, would just love to get his hands on and try it.
7: Yeah, no, it was it was heads and shoulders above. And that would have been a um, it would have been a a land-raised sativa, correct, uh, Captain?
1: Well, this, this could be a whole other discussion if you wanted to get into it, actually, uh, because no one, it, it's all kind of like I tell people, if you want seeds, hit me up on Instagram, I'll send you some seeds. It's a big pheno hunt. And here, there is an indica and there's a sativa plant, uh, there's a few of us, that's why I said this could open up a whole new discussion, that believe that in every region of the world that there is pretty much a land race, indica, and sativa. And of course, the hybrids in between because of getting cross pollinated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to tell. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of it was made from a strain that uh, came out of Thailand called Squirrel's Tail, and that's more of a sativa plant. And I'll try. I'm still trying to learn how to get pictures from literally Google photo album to go on to Instagram. I can't get them to go. I they won't pull up the photos for me. So I'm going to learn how to get them to move over. But I call it the majestic plant and it's on its third harvest and it's a squirrel's tail plant. And the only thing basically left is the top part of the plant and underneath has already been harvested. So you actually get, you know, a, Harvest period that is a month long here in Thailand, if not a little bit longer.
5: It's fucking awesome. I wish I could play in that kind of outdoor environment just to just to see what what kind of cool shit you could do, you know. And like you said, three like three harvests a year, uh, like that's amazing.
1: That's so fucking cool. Even being able to pull off two outdoor harvests, it, and people should be looking at that too. If you know you have the opportunity and you can be able to grow outdoor, uh, you why not use it and get those two, three harvests a year with very little output.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm
5: a big advocate. If, if you can get outside, if you can, you know uh, you know, use your work, you know, use, use everything you got outside to make, to make, you know, your, your natural medicine that you bring back to yourself. And the more you can get, like say more harvest like that, you know, if you can get a double, that's fucking awesome. You know? uh for somebody like me you know i'd I'd probably have to do it like with a little bit of light depth and you know a greenhouse or hoop house or something to get something like that done and that'd be that end up being a lot of work but you know totally fucking worth
8: it
1: since i've been here in thailand uh you know I, I see a lot of greenhouses and things like that and coming from the old school way of growing cannabis and growing cannabis outdoors in southern ohio and northern ohio uh you know i look at it and i have another friend here he does uh, the test gardens for the thai farmers council uh hopefully you all get to meet him sometime soon too. Uh, But, uh, you know, we come from, he comes from California and we're the old school where, okay, how much is it gonna cost us to build it? And then you actually go to somebody and you say, hey, I need this built. And, you know, you're not getting charged a corporation price, you're getting charged an individual price because you're going to fabricators that are going to build it for you. So, you know, I see uh, it was 6,000 square meters of greenhouse for 35,000 US dollars. So it's 18,000 square feet of greenhouse for 35,000 U.S. dollars. But you can go to a Fabricator here in Thailand and they'll build you the same exact thing for half the price, if not a third of the price. Absolutely. I mean, for what any of that is, you can
4: build it
5: yourself for way freaking cheaper than, you know, and the worst part is once they start marketing, you know, if, if you get, some, you know, a company that specializes, now you're really screwed, you know, then they really jack the price up on you. But yeah, none of this stuff's hard to make. They're not doing anything that special.
1: But if you have, you know, the area to put up a, a greenhouse, that would be the way to, I would definitely go that way and you know okay you only have 12 plants well guess what that whole greenhouse takes up 12 plants (laughs) you just make them trees like mendo style i guess and they started a lot of their plants from what i understand and like making clones in mid-november
5: Yeah, they're they're planting shit that's bigger than my, like, finished plants when I have big finished plants. You know, they're just putting them in for the season at that point. God, it's fun to see. I'm sorry. I I was just going to say, you know, it's fun to see, but I don't think I'd really want to do that. Like, have you ever watched their harvest video where it takes them, you know, like, days and days to just chop that plant down they're crawling all over that so that just looks like the biggest pain in the ass
1: yeah and you know that's where the question comes in you know okay where is the point where you may concentrate and what point is the product going out to the general public or to medical patients you know and in my opinion with all these new types of ways of making concentrate and squishing resin resin and every other type of words you can think of uh with all the little bottom shit is fucking great you know, don't have to trim it. Don't have to do nothing about it. Just cut it off the plant. If it's got crystals on it, leave it. Why? Because it's all going to get washed. It's all going to get ground up. It's all going to get pressed, whatever. And all you have to worry about trimming is the top of the buds.
5: I mean, you know, it's, it's sometimes it can be hard enough to fight a plant outside. And then you have those, you know, those like leg size colas, you know, where you just sit there and you're like, there's no way I'm going you know, that's going to rot like a son of a bitch before you ever get to do anything with it. You know, it's, I just hate to see how much losses, you know, cause I, I, I haven't grown anything the size of theirs, you know, maybe half the size of one of theirs at best outdoors. And it got so thick that hell, I lost bucket over half the plant just to bud rot and stuff. That you know, and I thought I had it under control. You know, I had I had it tarped over, so there wasn't you know dew and 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 rain falling directly on it and stuff. But you know, it's still just too damn humid outside. You know, you can't can't really plug in a
1: fucking fan in the forest. You know. <laughs> I know a lot of people that right next to their grow, because of the way California is set up and the way that their metric system is set up and the way it goes from seed to sale and through to distribution and everything, uh, a lot of the farms are literally putting up houses and slow curing their cannabis because of the amount of cannabis that's being grown in in California. And for the long time that it takes to actually get stuff processed through all their systems. And I think uh, every state should follow like Oklahoma and tell metrics to get out of cannabis, because that's one thing that is really you know, keeping me away from doing anything recreational, that's for sure, and thinking about other ways of, besides flowering out a cannabis uh, plant, uh, to get away around the cannabis uh, metric system in Michigan, it is because I don't want to have to weigh up, you know, I go through the room and I pull off leaves, and I have to weigh those up, and You know, every time I go through the room, you know, that's a pain in the ass. You know, what other, you could do that with tobacco. You clean up the plant and you make the tobacco company write down how much they put, you know, they take off. Shit. It's just a that's always been
5: my argument, you know, when they get in the game and they start, you know, going by, you know, when they pay f- to have their rules, right, what, what are they going to be spraying on these plants and what is going to be deemed acceptable, you know, when when they get to, to do whatever they want to make sure, because they're not going to lose fucking crops, you know, they're going to make sure they get their harvest, they're going to make sure it goes out for fucking sale by any means possible. And so, you know, it's just like, you know, the the tobacco, the tobacco that we used to smoke back in the day was not as bad as it is you know, today. You know, now it's so full of fucking chemicals and everything else is just fucking disgusting. And that's exactly what they'll end up doing to the mass produced cannabis that's out there.
4: Hell yeah, oh. I just did a rick, man. That's
5: how you oh, kill the conversation. You
0: killed, you killed the whole freaking yeah. shot, bro. So there's always going to be that Marlboro Budweiser of cannabis. Like I've said this before. And then there's the craft, the local craft guys that, you know, they have the special seasoning that they make their loaf of bread that you could only get in their local area and shit, you know, type grower. And the same thing with these guys doing the IPAs and all the home brews nowadays, you know, you just, it's your choice and you just got to wake up and not be a society, bro. They don't know. They just go to the grocery store and buy what's on the shelves, you know. We're we we're, we're in the industry. We talk about it every day. We're not blind to these things, you know. So it's not like that for everybody. So a lot of it is just education. Yeah, and I mean it's also
2: environment and ability, and you know, just like what a regular grow, you know, if you don't have the room to grow your own food or do anything like that, you're kind of stuck. <laughs> So if
1: I end up with this micro license in Michigan, uh, my business will have a cafe where you come in and we sit down and we discuss cannabis with you, especially if you're a first time patient and go through that. Uh, It's also a place where growers can come in and talk. But the education needs to go out about uh, the different type of strains of cannabis and also how they also affect different people different ways. So not everything works for everybody. So I'm sorry. Out
0: there, I'm sorry. Tie-
2: oh no, I was done.
0: That'll tie into the that co-op grow facility perfectly. Same people using that facility could use that lounge area and people from the outside and so forth and so forth so yeah no you're all you're on the right page that's for sure
7: absolutely i i uh, i wish you all the best in that endeavor captain 420 um i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to uh, start my day here but i really want to
4: take the opportunity to thank you for meeting you and and Thank you, Uncle Rick. Later, Rick. Great day, Uncle Rick. Yeah,
5: well, I've been, we have been I'm, here a hot minute. I think I might have fucking run out, too.
0: I've been sitting here working the whole time, but I've uh, worked up a fucking appetite. So I'm going to have to i there. So, joint Society. I'm just in
3: the background listening to everybody. I'm, I'm just doing my garden
0: work. Captain, I'm gonna reach out to you, man. I, I, I really love that, uh, that idea. And I got, I got friends and people in, uh, in Michigan now in the, the whole co-op thing and uh, caregiver scene. So we'll be in contact. I, I loved your seed idea also. So it was a pleasure having you on the show. We definitely learned a little bit or a lot. At least I did. And a uh, pleasure everyone in chat again make sure you follow caribou heart. Um, I'm, I'm getting together another giveaway with caribou, some AC infinity stuff. So I'm going to reach out to them. I didn't know they had that light coming out. So we'll see how how crazy this little giveaway could get, but stay tuned guys. It was a pleasure. Like always take it easy.
2: Later
8: rods.
4: Yeah,
5: man. I just want to say, dude, it's, it's been great talking with you, man. You've been a wealth of knowledge and it's been a fucking awesome conversation. So, uh, you know, my hat's off to you. I really enjoyed fucking getting to hang out with you this morning. So cheers, brother Bye. and
6: everybody else, man. I'll second that. Sorry. I haven't been as present as, uh, usual here, but I'm leaving town tomorrow to head out of town for work. So it's kind of the last day shuffle where you got to kind of get everything centralized. You're throw it in the car, but, I've been listening in on the background the whole time. As you can tell, I've got two screens going. So if I'm in, in the living room kitchen area, I can hear what's going on. If I'm in the car, bring the phone. In the bedroom, bring the phone. <laughs>
1: it's been a lot of fun, though. Well, I really appreciate you having me on, you know, giving me uh Place to meet some new people and make some new friends, like all you guys there. You know, we finally get to see here on Zoom instead of just in chat. And this is what makes it wonderful for me. Uh, you know, it, it's more than what you guys can really imagine being 10,000 miles away and getting to be able to do something like this when basically you are. Locked down, you're basically not traveling any thing like state to state. That ain't happening anytime soon.
6: (laughs) But it's a two way street though, man, because like we're just pleased as punch to be talking to somebody that's over in Thailand right now. It's like, like to us, that's the coolest shit right there. It's like you know we've had uh, buds of smoking on. He's from South Africa, like. It just shows how truly worldwide this is, uh, the the cannabis movement, cannabis scene, whatever you want to refer to it as, and it's like, and and for the most part, those good people that just want to move it forward for the right reasons, they we all just seem to group together. It's I it's like I love it, it and I, I like I, I want to have you back on again, where I can maybe on like a Tuesday night or something like that, or when, however, well, when you come back stateside, actually. Because then we'll be closer to uh, about the same time. So we should, uh... oh, and my computer froze.
4: They told me next time I come to Canada, just expect to be
1: pulled out of the car and searched. So I'm not going to be coming back to Canada anytime soon. So if you were in the United States, I say there could be a chance that there in August, September, October, November, that I could possibly come meet you. There's a lot of people out there in chat uh, that I'm going to be going out and meeting because I do have a time period where, you know, my 12 plants are going to be in veg and, you know, my genetic seeds that I've got going are going to be seedlings. So why not take that three months, basically, and the three months that it takes for the permits to go through to go travel and meet people, pick up genetics, you know, trade genetics, talk bullshit, and, you know, learn. And that's why I thought about possibly you know, going on when I come on shows like yours be someplace out in nature
4: it's a huge if you, have,
1: it's if a you huge. had me on during the daytime I could have gone out to the flower garden
6: yeah though it's um I know on this show when we've had people come in and joining us when they're out at a park or at a lake or whatever typically people get a real kick out of it and we like that's you know we get to see stuff like that in north america fairly frequent right we're like so yeah let's see what uh thailand or what else michigan has to offer wherever you're at man that's uh, that's a great idea um because it's not just our podcast that people like to see that stuff on it's everywhere i know it's just like um yeah like any yeah anytime you get to see a little, little little different than the norm right see what the culture in that area is oh yeah
1: And the culture here in Thailand, as far as living up in the north and cannabis, uh, I, I live in the second largest city in the north, and I call it Mayberry of Thailand. You know, dust comes and you don't see a cop. You can smoke out on the street at night here. At least I can, because most of my cannabis doesn't smell like theirs.
6: Okay, so what's now you got me interested? What's the difference between your cannabis and theirs in smell?
1: Mine smells like a skunk. I've been told by police that my cannabis doesn't smell. It smells different to them than ganja here from Cambodia and Laos and Thailand. That's very. I I
4: smoke indica. So, you know, I'm smoking, like I said, Gorilla Glue, Wedding Cake, uh, the Afghani Mango, and
1: Chong and Cheese. So the Chong and Cheese is and I mix it because I want the different effects, but I always need the Chong and Cheese in there because it does have some, this one has CBD in it. But, uh, it gives me the effects that I need. And that one right there throws them off. And the
4: afghani
1: mango throws them off. You know, this, this could doesn't... be some real stoner
5: bullshit that I have heard, you know, but I have to ask. Um, I don't know where skunks are in the world, but I've heard, like, it's not normal for other people when they smell skunky skunk. They don't think of a skunk, you know, they it's not what they think of at all. So, to them, it's not the same thing, you know?
1: But it's repulsive.
2: I I find it actually mouth-watering when I smell it.
5: It's because you like it. That's just because you're more close to the grape slam.
2: (laughs) Maybe I smell worse. I don't know.
4: Fluff your own,
1: I, did, dude. I, I do have one shout out, and this is probably one of the most important ones out there. And this is to abolish at uh, the Michigan Pro Growers show uh, and putting out all the uh, things and memes that he puts out for going against the manufacturers there in Michigan. Uh, you know, I, I forgot him when I shout out the group there. And, uh, you know, thanks for sending all those. I greatly appreciate that. And big thumbs up to you, brother. I didn't want to forget
4: you.
6: <laughs> I'm seeing Sopman live chat about, uh, oh, fuck, what was it? The fucking the sideways. The sideways. Pussy. Yeah. What's the sideways pussy? Let's hear about that. No, I'm not going to bite on that
1: story. Sideways <laughs> pussy here. Uh, I don't know anything about that.
4: Oh,
8: okay.
1: <laughs> I, I will tell you that actually, so the, if a girl up here in the north or in Bangkok walks really good in high heels, you kind of have to wonder if she's really a girl. And because some of these lady boys. I mean, oh my. He said God. lady
2: boys.
4: Yes. The lady boys,
1: they, they look better and
4: they can walk in high heels much better than the Thai girls. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning. Hi.
2: This is uh, my girlfriend, White Widow.
4: Hi. Just listening Bye, to God. you guys. So. You like yeah. get dressed on the other side of the camera and come in front of it.
1: <laughs> we, we can just say that uh, you know there. I
4: was listening to. I did here in Thailand to you know
1: girls, boys, things like that. I, I I'll say girls and boys, not meaning under the age of eighteen or anything. Girls and boys as male and female, okay. Uh as far as sexuality, it's kind of just opened and you know kind of more accepted.
4: I heard they don't call it bang cunt. That's why they call it bang kuk. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> so yeah. <laughs>
1: If you thought, you know, the movie was outrageous, come here. And especially come here when when there's no money here in the country. Everybody's out of work and everybody's broke. Uh, You know, yeah, it's really sad because you actually do get to see that side of it. And what people are willing to do for how little. In this world, just to have a bed to sleep and a hot shower and a meal in the morning.
2: Desperation is a motherfucker.
1: I looked out, I just have to do him.
8: Jeez, that's more work than it's worth, isn't it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you look at that movie, you
1: know, Hangover, yeah, it's. Everything's real plus here in all of Asia. Uh, The the sexual, uh, I I look at uh, the sexual culture here in Asia being more like Europe, more advanced. Uh, You know, we all kind of forget that America is only, you know, a few hundred years old.
4: We're a bunch of prudes compared to Asia, that's for sure. And Europe. But we can, we can have a whole different
1: section on that one, guys. I don't want to keep you all up. I know you all got things to do. I appreciate you giving me a night on the show and getting a chance to meet all you guys. And
8: everybody yeah, I'm going to watch the
1: show and, uh, you know, any of you want to get a hold of me? Um, send out seeds in the United States and to Canada. And If you're outside the United States, uh, send me shipping and I'll ship you some Thai seeds. I really don't count them. I just put them in a couple gram bags and send them out. It's a big fino hunt of 100 to 150K strains. Have fun. <laughs> you know what? I actually... want oh, That's be- awesome.
6: It might just, you know, pop like a dozen or so just and see and just, wean know, the ones that you might not want and have a couple and just dedicate a light to those and see what happens. Uh, that, that sounds like it could be
1: fun. If I was to do them, what I would do is basically pop them from seed, get them to like the second inner node and put them immediately on eight hours eight hours eight hours of light because we found that to get some of them to flower with light depth it takes eight hours of light we have to we have to black them out the rest of the time to get a flip so you give them eight hours of light and basically do it from seed like we used to do sativas because we didn't want them to get you know really tall because if you let these
4: go
6: you know, you're looking at 15, 18 foot plants. <laughs> that sounds fun too. And now, and now you make me want to get a greenhouse with a wood stove in it, so it can handle uh, going through to, like, what, that'd be like January or something like that if you tried to do them up here.
2: <laughs> I'm thinking of hitting a forest over here. We have a better like harvesting season and everything else. I just spread them out.
1: Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this could be fun. So yeah, if anybody wants seeds, hit me up,
4: I'll get you out of some seeds.
1: But uh, I'm really fucking high too. I got, I got oh, yeah. super
3: stoned. I guess that's why I got I got stuck that last dab, but man, pleasure having you having you talk uh, all that good stuff man i really appreciate it appreciate the passion you've had for it still have for it and uh it's awesome having you on here it looks like i have five percent battery so i'm gonna jet but thank you so much guys cheers everybody have a great day
4: Thank you. hey
6: well i guess it seems like good as time is any to wind her down for the day uh and it's been great to actually finally get to meet you. We've been bullshitting in chat for quite a while now. We've been trying to get you on the show for over a month. It's just fucking trying to make it happen, but we finally did. And uh, we sincerely really would like to get you on again. Uh, maybe once you're back stateside and uh, and we can have a more further in-depth talk about uh, all things cannabis.
1: Yeah. And, um, I, I really enjoyed the all around shows. And, you know, I can fit in just about on any talk, but I, I really enjoy the talking. You know, I wish I could have shut up a little bit more and let all you guys talk more. But, you know, maybe on the next show that can happen. I'll just sit back and let you guys enjoy the view or something. If it's a nighttime show, you get to see my daytime.
2: Yeah, that would be, cool. be cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, awesome. it, it was definitely a pleasure to meet off, you, Captain. Everybody shows off their artwork and everything, and uh, this is old school die die.
2: <laughs> Very cool.
1: But we still make those. We get these things called fractals in ours that are really fucking cool. <laughs> we get lost for a while. <laughs> I can imagine That's
4: awesome
8: so right. yeah
1: microdosing is really great for pain too by the way
8: Are you shipping that up
6: it came in alright All right, guys we guys will shut her down now captain it was a pleasure and we will have you on again most definitely Profit white widow I love you guys always great to
8: pull care of you and thank uh, you I-
6: Fuck that asshole we'll in the empty yeah, screen. Yeah, dude,
2: taking it. up space. Captain, <laughs> it was a pleasure to meet yeah. you, man. Thank you for coming yeah. on.
4: Yeah, they got well, the same so
6: team. Everyone in chat, we love you. You guys are the bomb. You guys are the reason uh, all this stuff keeps happening. And uh, thank you for your support. We'll continue to keep cranking this stuff out. And um, we'll see you all Tuesday morning. T- Tuesday morning. Fuck
4: that. We'll see you all Tuesday night for uh, our Tuesday night talk. And... Um, it's <laughs>